It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. We welcome you to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville. Coach Rick Marone has <laughs> Hi, Rick. rediscovered the scene around here. How about it? Never know where I'll turn up. That's right. Good to see Coach Marone, Coach of the Tulsa Lady Rebels, in with us here tonight. We are with you from 9 until midnight. Coach Marone is going to uh, going to call it an early night, I believe, right? Well, uh, I heard I was being uh, tagged out early tonight, uh, so we'll wait and see. Yeah, we'll wait and see what happens. you got, you got a road trip in the morning. Yeah, so we've got a little bit of a journey tomorrow, but uh, excited to be here. Glad to be back with you guys, and I actually found my way down here i did not lose a uh, perspective on how to get here yeah it's week two of the hometown invitational so you guys will be uh, heavily involved in that tomorrow so yeah the boys and the girls are in high gear with that tournament and we'll update that throughout the evening and uh, and we'll be uh, making a trip for a final pool play game on our side and i know the boys side's really heating up and we'll we'll get into some of those scores tonight too a whole lot to talk about on this edition of basketball friday night in west virginia it's been a busy week through west virginia high school sports you had Wheeling Park High School, uh, Alex Vargo, scores more than 50 points in a win over Parkersburg South. Scored 53, which is a school record. And that's just almost hard, just hard to comprehend, a 53-point <laughs> night for one individual. So um, we hope to have Alex Vargo on the show a little bit later on. I was able to talk with him a little bit today about that performance as well. We'll also talk with Marley Washnitz from Fairmont Senior, the reigning girls AA state champions, who are in – a region that has the top three ranked teams, well, except for <laughs> except for Winfield. So three of the top four teams are all in that one region, and that's going to be uh, a difficult one to get out of. A lot of things have happened too, because you look at Double A Region Four and, and, the, and the section, Joe. That that was so close to being turned completely on its head this week, all in one night and minutes apart. Exactly. Uh, Logan and Mingo Central battled right down the wire. David Early hit a shot right at the buzzer. Uh, Scott took Chapmanville right down to the wire. Uh, a lot of people thought it was a controversial call. Unfortunately, I was sitting at the scorer's table doing the PA duties, and I couldn't even see the play because the coach was standing right in front of me. But anyway, <laughs> I saw the video, and the uh, Chapmanville player did an excellent job getting in there for the uh, block. And, of course, the charge called against Scott, and the basket was no good. But still an exciting night uh, in Region 4 in Class AA. And also this week, David Early becomes the all-time leading scorer in Logan High School basketball history. And if you know your basketball history in West oh, Virginia, man. that's that's big. saying something. <laughs> and you also verbally committed to Marshall University over the weekend. Verbally the committed week. to Marshall. Uh, what a great talent he is, and we'll get to see him here locally. And, Ryan, you haven't even mentioned the big Atlantic. Yes, uh, that you know, too. Uh, that is up and rolling, uh, boys and girls uh, going on down there. So uh, it's just a great week, and uh, basketball going all across the Mountain State. This is the final January night of the year moving into february that's when sectionals start to heat up and the uh yeah we're, we're probably what now about th- two weeks away three from weeks girls? From, three weeks from three tonight weeks, three is the, the first round so right. our show in three weeks will actually be hopefully recapping some of those those sectionals open up on that friday and yeah. there and there you go from girls basketball perspective and from boys too in terms of this show, this is a 15-show season. We go 15 Friday nights from our first episode to semifinal Friday in the Boise State Tournament. This is the geographic halfway point of the season. Now, most teams have played you know, more than half of the regular season schedule. So we're, we're, we're 
kind of peaking, and now we're rolling downhill from here. Fast. <laughs> All downhill from here, but, but Joe, we always peak at the end, right? Exactly. Even though we're downhill. That's when you want to you peak want to be at peaking at tournament time. That's right. We will talk with Joe, Jordan Mounts in just a moment. He had the call of Tug Valley and Parkersburg Catholic tonight, but before we do that, we know you're here to get score updates, and there are plenty, including a team that was rolling along this time last week, suffering its second loss of the year. Second loss of the week, in fact. We'll talk all about that. It's time for your first BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit BasketballNight.com. Joe, you got the boys' score. All right. It uh, was University picking up a win tonight over Greenbrier East, 88-44, in a game that is now final. Princeton, the Tigers knock off Pikeview, 55-40. That's in the big Atlantic uh, Classic uh, tournament going on in Beckley. It was Polka and a tight one gets a win tonight over Charleston Catholic, 49-42. George Washington, the Patriots' big game in the Canal Valley tonight, knock off Cabell Midland, 63-54. Shady Springs, the Tigers continue to roll at 14-0 with a win tonight over Pikeview, 85-44. Oakland goes to 8-7 on the season with a win over Wellsville, Ohio, 65-44. Indian Creek. Ohio falls to Brook tonight, 50-41. Woodrow Wilson picks up a big win tonight over Hampshire, 78-48. Carter Smith led Hampshire with nine points, while Seth Eaton and Drew Keckley had eight. It was Wahama falling to Eastern Reedsville, Ohio tonight by a score of 54-28. Lewis County, this one a final, over East Fairmont, 49-33. This one now goes final after going to overtime. Wesley Christian knocks off the Logan Wildcats 64-61. North Mary and the Huskies pick up a win over Grafton tonight, 70-53. This one at the half, Phillip Barber and uh, Buckhannon Upshur all tied up at 38. Robert C. Bird, the Eagles, knock off Lincoln tonight. What a win, 47-18 over Lincoln. St. Albans picks up a win tonight over Spring Valley, 79-52. And Clay Mattel, the Seabees, pick up a win over Buffalo, 73-62. And that's a look at the boys' scores. Coach Marone, you have the girls' scores. Yeah, we'll take a look at the girls' scores. Games all across the Mountain State tonight, and scores are starting to roll in. Let's take a look first. These are all finals. Uh, Williamstown falls tonight against Notre Dame. Notre Dame gets an 84-57 win over the Yellow Jackets. Frankfurt on senior night wins 68-20 over Fort Hill, Maryland. And Wheeling Park knocks off the Musselman Lady Appleman 57-44. And one game in progress, Jefferson is out in front of Hedgesville 40-21. That's a look at your girls' scores tonight on the BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Something that stuck out there to me, obviously – you have the big loss for Logan at home in overtime to Wesley Christian. The circuit riders out of Allen, Kentucky, make the trip to Logan up 119. They get the win uh, tonight. And Wesley Christian has in the past been more of a prep school type school, not necessarily your traditional high school. So uh, from year to year, you don't know what you're getting there. <laughs> what you did have, though, in Logan's night was a fantastic ball game, Joe. Uh, absolutely. And any time uh, you got uh, that core that uh, Logan brought in this year, you know, they're relatively – 
uh, experience was a, a young team. You know, early came back. He actually, you know, went to Beckley and decided he didn't want to do that and came back to Logan. So at one point, Logan did not have any of their starters even on the roster until uh, a couple months before the season started. Another thing that stuck out to me, that Robert C. Bird score, and, and here's why. The last now four Friday nights, Robert C. Bird has been in action, all four of them. And, and you go back to their game on the 10th. Well, let's back up. Yeah, let's go. Their game on the 10th of January, they held Fairmont Senior to 21 points. On the 17th of January, they held Elkins to 24 points. Last week, Buchanan Upshur really went wild on them offensively and scored 46. <laughs> and then tonight, you know, Robert C. Bird holds Lincoln to 18. Coach, we don't see these numbers <laughs> sustained in, in high school basketball anymore. No, no, I tell you what, with Coach Bennett, uh, it's been several years ago. I got a chance to see them in the state tournament. They actually played Tulsa in the state tournament in Class AA, and they flat out play some defense. So Coach Bennett does a tremendous job. And uh, – I'm like you. You almost wanted to check and see if that was a misprint. I mean, 47 to 18. Joe, very impressive. And I'm when you defense travels, and they are definitely traveling well. And I've seen Lincoln play, and they're a pretty decent <laughs> ball team. So that I'm like Ryan, that kind of way. I was like, whoa, when I saw the score, you know. Yeah, not necessarily. I mean, Robert C. Bird they're might tough. be playing as well as anyone right now. I mean, you talk about your Chapmanville's, Logan's, Polka, and you, you have to put Robert C. Bird at least in that discussion because those. You know, they've all been vulnerable, too. That's why this season, I think, is going to be a, a very interesting February into March. It's going to be great, and uh, not to lead into the tease that you gave, but uh, Cabell Midland comes up short again against GW. GW, a quality program, too, in that AAA division, and uh, the, the Knights fall by nine. And so you got a team that was rolling right along, Ryan. Uh, how they handle a little bit of adversity, a couple setbacks for the Knights. Uh, are they able to bounce back from that and uh, soldier on towards tournament time? And I think, you know, as the way things go for Cabell Midland, they may not want to make another journey into uh, into the Charleston area because they went 0-2 in Charleston this week, including a loss to single-A Charleston Catholic on la- uh, last Saturday, which was their first loss of the season. Yeah, and then, but when you see tonight, uh, Catholic gave Polka all they wanted, actually led that game uh, uh, well into the game. But Polka, able to win those uh, low-scoring games, Joe, I think uh, – a man named Alan Osborne might know a little bit about defense, uh, and they get a 49-42 win at Catholic. Um, I think uh, Ryan's right. There's a lot of things up in the air, and it really adds to the excitement uh, in really all classes. You know, you, you, you put up records. You know, you, one team beats this team, and another team turns around and beats them. you you got to throw those out because it, it's all about matchups, and mm-hmm. you know that as, you know, all too well as a coach. But uh, that's just like uh, the game I saw earlier in the week. Uh, everybody expected a blowout, but it was not. You know, it was not. It went right down the wire, and it was all in how you play the game uh, against your opponent and the defense was a big key in that game for both teams. A team that has been traditionally good for a long time now in boys basketball, the Tug Valley Panthers. Their record coming into tonight, though, just 5-9. and nine. They've been struggling a little bit in Naugatuck. Jordan Mounts, broadcaster WFGH, had a tall task tonight. Parkersburg Catholic coming to town. And Jordan, we actually don't have a score for that game yet. So how did that game go tonight? Okay, well, the final score of that game is 41-35. Uh, to 35. The Tug Valley Panthers walk away with the victory from the Willie Acres Arena here this evening. Oh, there you go. So a big win 
Uh, tonight down in Logan, they played instead of in Logan. But nonetheless, big win for Tug Valley tonight over Parkersburg Catholic. And, and Jordan, you're talking about a team that had a quick turnaround from a very, very difficult loss earlier this week, an overtime loss uh, to Tulsa. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, Tulsa's a quality team. Parkersburg Catholic is a quality team. Uh, Ryan, you were speaking a moment ago about um, uh, the defensive, uh, uh, defensive play of a few teams across the Mountain State and a couple of low scores. We had a low-scoring uh, game here today. I want to throw a stat out at you. Um, when you think of a team holding another team scoreless for an entire quarter, you certainly do not think of basketball, do you? Not hardly, no. Well, the Tug Valley Panthers held the Parkersburg Catholic held Parkersburg completely scoreless through the third quarter. The uh, Parkersburg Catholic was zero for eight with zero points in the third quarter of today's game. And that's a good Parkersburg Catholic basketball team. They made it to the state championship game last year and had several key pieces back. That's a that's a nice win for Tug Valley. Their schedule is so brutal, and, and to break a four game losing streak with a win over a team of that caliber, uh, you know, maybe. Um, Two to three weeks from now, we look back at tonight as a turning point for this season for the Panthers. You know, you're absolutely right. Uh, the uh, Tug Valley, like you just said, that's a very, very talented Parkersburg Catholic team. Um, you know, but for for Tug Valley, they were led up by on the on the field, on the floor, I should say, tonight and every night by Caleb May, twelve points. Uh, on, uh, on the field, but also another key piece for the Tug Valley for Tug Valley this evening. They've got some crucial minutes from Easton Davis, uh, six-five junior power forward for uh, Tug Valley. Uh, he answered a thirteen points, came away with six rebounds, and uh, really uh, was a, a driving factor, especially early on in the game. Uh, had uh, several drives right in a row that he was able to uh, uh, convert uh, for two right underneath the basket mentioned that brutal schedule for Tug Valley. You look at these losses, and again, it's a nine-loss team at this point, but a five-point loss to Greater Beckley Christian, who is having a phenomenal season. Uh, a four-point loss to Mann. That was a bit of a surprise, but Mann is really good this year. That game was played at Chapmanville. A 15-point loss to Notre Dame at home is one that kind of sticks out. It's like, you know, maybe this Tug Valley team isn't on the caliber that you know some of the more recent teams have been. But then you look forward, a three-point loss to Charleston Catholic. Well, Charleston Catholic beat the AAA number one ranked team in their home gym uh, at Charleston Catholic, I should say, uh, last week. You look on down the line, uh, that loss to Tulsa, who has also struggled early in this season, but is a very talented basketball team. A win over St. Joe, a win over Wyoming East. There's no such thing as a bad win over Wyoming East. A two-point loss to a very good Pikeville, Kentucky squad. Point being, Jordan, this team isn't that far away from having a really good season, way better than that six and nine or record would indicate right now. Well, you know, Ryan, we're we're a better team than our record indicates. Um, you know, and you mentioned the tough schedule that we've had up until this point. It doesn't get any easier. I mean, tomorrow we're traveling to Greater Beckley Christian, uh, take, taking on uh, them there tomorrow in Beckley. Uh, we follow that up here shortly with a trip to Williamstown. Very talented boys team up there. Uh, it doesn't get any easier. We still have to play St. Joe again, uh, and it, it does not get any easier from from here on out. So, uh, again, it, records go out the door when it comes to tournament time. But you know, at the same time, you sit here and look six and nine. It's not the record I'm sure Coach Garland Thompson wants uh, in his return back to Tug Valley here this year, but. Nonetheless, you look at the schedule we've played. We the 
Tug Valley has nothing to be ashamed of up until this point. Jordan Mounts, WFGH, he had the call tonight of Tug Valley's boys beating Parkersburg Catholic. We always appreciate having you in with us. I uh, greatly appreciate you all having me on. Uh, you all have uh, have a good show, guys. Thanks so much. And, of course, Tug Valley gets Robert C. Bird next week. How about that? Robert C. Bird and Ryan, we had a score just roll in from the Big Atlantic. Spring Valley's girls get a 72-65 win over Pikeview, who was number 10 in AA, so they bounce back after losing to Greenbrier East and the governor yesterday. So big win for the Lady Wolves. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, you, Joe will kind of dissect that Tug Valley call. We have just yeah. a minute here before we go to break. But um, still – I mean, that that schedule is so rough. I mean, there's no, there's no. Brett, I said Robert Seabird. They play Williamstown next week, who is right now a dominant Class oh, A boys basketball team. Right. You, you, I just want to go back real quick to uh, Jordan talking about Tug Valley. They're, I think, I have to agree with him. I think they're better than their record shows because I had to call the man Tug Valley game early in the season, and you know they've got some talent on that team, and they took man, you know, pretty much down to the wire as well. So. Uh, you know they're just right on the threshold of getting over in that winning column. Yeah, they had. Uh, I got to see them this week uh, Tuesday, and uh, they had opportunity to, to win the game in at Tulsa. Uh, they had the shot in regulation. Tell you what, they got quality guards. They've got uh, big big players inside that are very athletic. And Coach Thompson's a, a, a shorn out winner. So I mean, uh, all things I think will come together. Uh, the record doesn't indicate what kind of team they've got, and a few of those games could have went either way. And down the stretch. They put it together, going to be a dangerous team. We're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we will talk with Bill Nasser. This is why I had Robert C. Bird on the brain. Bill Nasser, <laughs> WPDX, will be uh, with us after the break. He had to call that Robert C. Bird Lincoln game tonight. All that and much more when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues after break one here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Marshall's sports journalism graduates learn transferable skills that score competitive careers. It's time for you to get in the game. Critical thinking, communication, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an expanding job market. Sports journalism and sports communications careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Haley McClure, Greenbrier East Spartans, Ryan Leap, Lincoln Cougars, Gage Huffman, Tyler Consolidated Knights, Rachel Bates, Valley Wetzel Lumberjills, Obina and Chili Kellen. Chapmanville Tigers, and Janiah Fargo Muscle and Lady Appleman. What they've got in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's athletes to become Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. It's all part of basketballnight.com. Shout out to our latest Twitter followers tonight. 
Hello, Frank Weishnitz, Scooter Tolzida, Chad Fleece, and NGOC Belgard. Please join Marshall University's Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum's celebration at the 2020 Black History Month and other important events throughout the year. On February 6th, the chair of the Department of History at Harvard University, Dr. Evelyn Brooks Higginbotham, delivers the annual Dr. Carter G. Woodson lecture at 4 p.m. in the Shawkey Dining Room in the Memorial Student Center at Marshall. The lecture is co-sponsored with the Drinko Academy. On February 13th, the United States Surgeon General, Vice Admiral Dr. Jerome M. Adams, will discuss his personal in the life and the role as the nation's doctor at 4 p.m. in the Jones C. Edwards Performing Arts Center. The Woodson Lyceum also supports programs specifically for teachers and students. Teachers should apply for the Lyceum Summer History Institute by March 13th. The History Institute is partly funded by a major grant from the West Virginia Humanities Council. Students should apply for positions in the W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications High School Journalism Workshop by May 30th. Applications for teachers and students are available at the Woodson Lyceum's website, marshall.edu slash woodsonlyceum. The Woodson Lyceum is a resource for this region on Black History Month and serves as a forum supporting quality education and freedom of the press. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 921, it's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville, happy to have you along. And a cast of dozens behind the scenes, (laughs) many of whom will make appearances throughout the course of the night for their respective duties here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, all of us coming together to do what we can to celebrate high school basketball in the Mountain State. We do this we're with you until midnight, except for Coach Marone. He'll leave early. But uh, yeah, we're not going to let you get <laughs> And he's going to miss that on a tree tonight, too. I'll just throw that out there. Somehow it always works out that way. I get these pictures at all hours of the night. Yeah, the festivities you have when I'm not here. The, uh, the, the, post, the post-show meals are legendary here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. So definitely want to give a big... Uh, Thank you, not only for what has already been done, but we'll do it in advance for Sandy, <laughs> really. for Sandy Johnson, who is so good to us here, and uh, for Dr. Chuck Bailey and crew for all they do to help us out as well. We're going to talk with Marley Washington, it's a Fairmont senior uh, girls basketball player in just a moment. Right now, Bill Nestor, WPDX, had the call of Robert C. Bird's win over Lincoln tonight. And, Bill, it, it almost feels like a similar type of way to start this phone call with you. The defense for Robert C. Bird holding the Cougars to just 18 tonight. This is this is noteworthy defense from RCB. You know, the defense has been exceptional, guys. But, you know, you've got me thinking about food, and I'm trying to figure out <laughs> how long it would take me to get down there and if there's anything left for me if I could get down You leave trip. now, you can make it. <laughs> I'm like Willie Nelson, guys. I'm on the road again. <laughs> you look at the uh, defense, it, it has been spectacular, guys, for Robert Seabird. A double-digit win streak for RCB after dropping their first two games this year. Uh, since then, during the win streak, they've allowed just an average of 38 points per game heading into this contest with Lincoln, and that trend continued. Uh, just a great pressure man-to-man defense. And uh, what's made it successful this year, guys, as opposed to last year, are a lot of this supporting cast. They're back again this year. They're year smarter. Last year, 
foul issues would happen. Players would be off the floor because they couldn't stay on the floor because of fouls. And also, when they were playing, they'd have to play passively, less aggressively because of foul issues. This year, the big three for this team, Corey Miles, Gavin Kennedy, Bryce, and Lucas, they've all been on the floor for at least 26 minutes a game on average. So they're being able to stay on the floor, be productive, uh, be aggressive defensively, and that's been the recipe for success this season. Hey, Bill, tell us a little bit about this Robert C. Bird defense. I'm I'm looking at Lincoln's results over the season, and I tell you what, they've put up some big numbers uh, for most of their games. Uh, how did you hold that team to 18 points? Well, you know, first of all, Lincoln coming off a huge win, Joe, against uh, a rival for them, North Marion. The two schools not too far apart. And North Marion, an exceptional team this year. Uh, Robert C. Bird just beat them at their place uh, last week. So we know very well how, how good the Husky squad is. So Lincoln coming off an emotional win over them, uh, just kind of flat to start out the ball game. And, and then you look at their, their big post player, Peyton Hawkins, six foot seven, 275-pounder, a very athletic big guy as well, hit with two early fouls. Uh, their game plan coming in was to go to him early and often. So that foul trouble forced him to the bench. It really changed the flow of the game and complexion of the game for Lincoln. And Robert C. Bird uh, smelled the, the blood and the water, so to speak. They got out there in the passing lanes, shot the gaps, forced the offense from Lincoln farther away from the basket. They got some steals, got some easy buckets, jumped out to a 20-2 to lead. And from there, they just kept the foot on the gas and, and Lincoln just had a tough time. They had some good looks, but couldn't knock them down. It was a combination of great defense and just a poor shooting night and a hangover effect after the win over the Huskies. Robert C. Bird beats Lincoln tonight, 47-18. to Voice of the Eagles, Bill Nesser, WPDX, with us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Bill, you look forward in the schedule now. Wednesday night, a trip to Grafton. And Friday of next week, a home matchup with Preston. And uh, the next couple of weeks, then it starts to get a little bit more interesting. Again, you've got a game with Winfield at West Virginia State. That's an institute uh, coming up uh, a little bit later on this season. You get the return game with Fairmont Senior. So you got Bridgeport again on down the road. So this is a this is a fun season, but there's still a lot of ground to be made for RCB. You're exactly right. You know, Ron, you look at the situation for the Flying Hills. Grafton, a good team, and they're really good at their place. Uh, Wednesday and then Friday is a throwback night with Preston County. Uh, Washington Irving, one of the, the schools that was combined to make Robert Seabird, their alumni coming back. They're going to bring them out on the floor. They've got the throwback Washington Irving jerseys for that game. So that's kind of exciting. And then, as you mentioned, on the 10th, a chance to lock up with Winfield uh, there at West Virginia State. That's going to be a nice challenge. And some of those other games coming up as well, they're going to be interesting. But a couple things to let you know real quick before I let you go. They're very deep this year, RCBS. They've got nine players averaging nine minutes or more contest, averaging 50%, 56% from the field. They passed up good shots to get better shots, unselfish team. And they're able to spread the ball. When they get a lead, they're so athletic as a group. They can spread the floor and, and find a mismatch, take teams off the dribble. And because they can do a couple of those different things, this separates this team from other teams. If they can stay healthy, and get uh, and shoot the ball well down the stretch. I think they have a chance to compete for a title, guys. No kidding this year. I think they're for real. So if things go their way, they'll be in Charleston and have an opportunity to make some noise. But first things first, they've got to take care of business against some tough foes that you mentioned earlier. Fairmont Senior, Bridgeport, some Big Ten teams that they're going to have to battle. And then uh, 
and then you talked about Winfield. So, yeah, there's uh, some things going on. But right now, things going well, the double-digit win streak and two more this week. So we roll to next week on a roll. Hey, Bill, real quick, uh, you talked about the throwback night. Is this something uh, they do annually? I remember you talking about this before. Yeah, Joe, they do. As a matter of fact, uh, last year was Roosevelt Wilson throwback night where they brought back the players from RW High School. And the year before that was Kelly Miller. Uh, which was a school here in uh, Clarksburg as well. So uh, the last three, you know, this year will be the third year. It's been uh, received very well by the community. A lot of people come back out. Uh, the alumni, it's a proud moment, an opportunity for them to be recognized. And it's also a chance to galvanize the community around a relatively new school. Of course, Robert Seabird's been around for over 20 years now, but it's still new in a lot of the old-timers' minds because if you're a WI guy, you're a WI guy. If you're an RW guy, that's your school. So just to get these guys back and get them involved and try to build the school spirit and get the community support around the programs. That's what we're looking for. It's been very successful, and we hope for the same thing to occur this coming Friday. Definitely a team whose results on the floor are worthy of a community to support them, come behind them, and go enjoy their uh, their basketball games. Robert C. Bird on a 10-game winning streak as the boys from RCB defeat Lincoln tonight. And another, again, just another big win for RCB. And again, back in action on Wednesday, Bill Nesser, WPDX, Voice of the Eagles. Thanks so much, Bill. Guys, thank you for having me on. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well. Absolutely. Thanks so much. We'll also have a good postgame meal, too. But <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I had to throw it there. But right now, we're going to have a side take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Marley Washington from Fairmont Senior, one of the top girls basketball players in all the Mountain State, as a sophomore. Joe Schmidl, the head coach of the University Boys. They bounced back nicely after a, a loss in the Mohawk Bowl basketball edition a couple weeks ago. As well, all that and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues after break two. You're along the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, visit basketballnight.com. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate everyone who has texted, called, sent us uh, scores, send us pics too. If you're watching right now, you see all these great pictures from all around the Mountain State. You can send them to scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Don't forget the poll question. This week's question, now that you've seen the proposed four-class sectional and regional alignments, has your opinion changed on the four-class system? Go to basketballnight.com, vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. you got till 1145 tonight to vote. And, of course, we'll share the voting results with you at the end of this evening. But showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable in the world. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell stories on and off the field or the court. This sounds like you. The Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash S-O-J-M-C. Big shout-out to some of our latest Twitter followers, CLD1962. 
Photos by M.K., Nicole T. Killen, Ezra Drummell, and Cameron Shrewberry. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Update on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Coming up on 9:32 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia as we celebrate basketball all through the Mountain State. Again, for all the scores, go to basketballnight.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup as we keep you updated with all the scores going on across the state on this. Final Friday night of January, final night of January for that matter. And uh, so lots still to talk about as we get ready to turn the, the calendar into February and things start to really get heated. And speaking of heated and a little bit of a historical moment, we had one tonight. And we go over to the score desk now with Spencer Dupuis, who has more. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, big score update here as Mingo Central defeats the Nitro Wildcats 65-63. to Josh Wellman put... A put-back buzzer beater in for the winning basket. The Miners hit just their second-ever buzzer-beating shot in program history. Back to you, Ryan. There you go. Thanks, Spencer. So uh, a a nice win for Mingo Central going on the road. There's no such thing as a bad road win. They get the win tonight at the buzzer, and it seems like that's a a lot of uh, (laughs) – you can't beat that for excitement. No, when it comes down to the to the very end of the game and uh, things lie in the balance, uh, it's always an exciting finish. And Mingo Central's got some shoot, couple shooters on that team too that can that can definitely put them down. So. We will talk with University Boys Coach Joe Schmidt in just a moment. But speaking of somebody, you want the ball in their hands coming down the stretch. Marley Washington from Fairmont Senior, sophomore guard, joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, a former standout athlete of the week a year ago. Quite frankly, would probably win again if we gave duplicates <laughs> out. But uh, nonetheless, she joins us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Marley, first off, welcome back to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Six-game winning streak for your basketball club uh, following a, a very tough, close, difficult loss uh, to Frankfurt back on December 30th, uh, basically getting through all of January unscathed. Tell me a little bit about the makeup of this team. You go from an experienced team, which you were kind of inserted into a year ago, to where your role has changed drastically from into a leadership role, even as a sophomore this year. Tell me about how that transition has been for you. Um, you know, obviously you can tell that we're a really young team. Our starting lineup is based off of sophomores, which is really crazy to me, in my opinion, because as the year has gone on, we've really progressed in, you know, showing people that even though you lose all four starters, it doesn't matter because a lot of the girls that are giving us very good minutes this year have came in last year, and not only did they produce and carry on what us five starters had did, but they gave us extra minutes in case, like, somebody came out for fouls or something. So they know what they're doing. They've had some experience from last year. And in practice and stuff, you know, a lot of them have put in a lot of work over the summer. And then right now, you know, I just got out of the gym. Uh, it's 9.30. We ended practice at 8. Some of them stay in shoot. So, you know, they all show that we're all determined and we're all ready to get back to Charleston and not only get there but win. Hey, Marley, uh, i got to ask you, uh, Big Brother's uh, seeing a lot of action over on the boys' team this year. How much competition is it between you and him during basketball season? 
Um, obviously, we're, we butt heads sometimes. <laughs> so, um, but it's it's not it's not a bad thing, in my opinion. It drives us both to you know do better. So, in the long run, it works out for the both of us because we're each challenging each other and working to get better. Because we know if one of us stops working, the other one's going to start getting bragging rights. <laughs> Hey, Marley, you, you talked about spending a lot of time in the gym. Uh, what, what's a typical day like for you? I know, of course, you know, classes and then, you know, there's games a couple, three times a week. But then when it does come down to the, you know, to practice, how much extra time do you spend in the gymnasium? Um, I think that, in my opinion, extra work and, you know, spending time on your craft and skill and conditioning is really a big part of your game. So, in my opinion, I put a lot into my craft and skill and, you know, conditioning as well, because you can't be this awesome basketball player if you don't have muscle and stuff. So, you know, I go to West, and I work out on, you know, my body and getting stronger. And I go to my different trainers, Carl Walkins and Sam, and I go work out on my skill and stuff. And then, you know, right now it's kind of it's in season, so I don't really go and work so much on my skill as much as I do just perfecting other things in my game. So I've been saying after practice about hour, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, just, you know, shooting – and, you know, a lot of the girls on my team stay and shoot as well. And I have my dad or my mom or my brother. You know, they always be on it for me. Marley Washnitz, sophomore guard at Fairmont Senior, helped lead the Polar Bears to a girls' state championship uh, a year ago. And uh, obviously back in a, a team that's in a very, very difficult region. We talk about this all the time. Um, between your section and region with North Marion and then Frankfurt, uh, it's really unforgiving. You get, You guys get tested a lot throughout the course of the season. Yeah, we really do. We have a toughest schedule. In my opinion, we have the toughest schedule in AA, especially. We're going to playing University. We obviously have our in-conference games against North and Lincoln, and along with our region, who we played Frankfurt. And, you know, some of our games that we've been playing, in my opinion, we haven't really even played a great game. We've, played, we've had good spurts in certain games and stuff, but we haven't played a complete great game so in my opinion we're beating all these teams and it really shows what have a good team we are because we're not even playing to our full potential and we're still beating these teams full week ahead for fairmont senior girls game tomorrow at weir scheduled for 245 then a game tuesday at liberty harrison and then thursday night big matchup fairmont senior and north mary and the second time those two teams will go to battle this year marley washington sophomore guard from fairmont senior high school thanks so much for joining us yeah thank you so much for having me have a great weekend good night thanks appreciate that and uh it's just again scott uh it's a small world how all that works together we've gone through that before but uh yeah she she is tied into this show in, in some of the most random ways. <laughs> really? But we all basically know know her in one way or another. Even if we don't directly know her, we know who she is. I, I met Marley really for the first time at the state tournament last year, and I had never seen her play uh, as a freshman. She just she blew me away with her her just natural skills, you know. Yeah, and just uh, you know, tremendous ball player, tremendous athlete, and. She's going to have some uh, options she'll on go, down the road. She'll, for, she'll uh, go far in, in basketball, guaranteed. Yeah, she, she can take that as, as far as she can. I think she'll she'll enjoy that. Someone who is, is enjoying another good season after winning the AAA state championship a year ago, the University Hawks, Joe Schmidl, is the head coach. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Coach, sometimes we get caught up on, like, how do you respond to a loss? You had that tough loss to Morgantown. Uh, now it's been a little more than a week ago, about two weeks ago now. And 
how do you feel your team's responded after maybe the first bit of in-state adversity all year? I think it was a good thing, honestly. Um, kind of helped get us refocused, not not just the players, but but me as well. Um, kind of woke everybody up and kind of made some changes and doing some things differently in practice and increased accountability for for the players and um, it's made things a lot more competitive and uh, practices have been a lot better and and with a lot more purpose. So it's uh, I think we're playing a little bit better right now and uh, kids are kids are stepping up and we've got some young kids that have really been been giving us some good things too. Big win tonight at the Raleigh County Armory as uh, you get a, win, a, a double up Greenbrier East in the Big Atlantic Classic, eighty-eight forty-four. Uh, is that? Tell me what, about that event a little bit. I know we know the, the basic, you know, how the Big Atlantic Classic works, but at the same time, it gives you an opportunity to see maybe some different teams you wouldn't normally see, and in, in a kind of a neutral site atmosphere, it's kind of a little bit of a tournament atmosphere against foes that might not be as familiar. It, it, it is, and uh, it's, it's great for the kids. You know, we get to come down here and, and um, spend the night and eat some meals together and have some quality time doing that. It also it does give us a chance to play some teams that we don't typically get to play up our way um, in front of people that don't get to see us play. So it gives some people in the southern part of the state a chance to to watch us and, and maybe give us a little bit of exposure and, um, I think that's always a good thing for our program. Coach, talk a little bit about offensively on your team. I, uh, I see, you know, you scored over 100 points in a couple of games, and that's, that's just almost unheard of this day and time in high school basketball. It's, it's, I, I don't even know how to explain it. Uh, our kids like to, to play high-paced. We, we haven't really been pressing as much uh, defensively as we have in the past. And there's a reason for that. I just don't feel like we're as good at it, or we don't. I, I don't think the effort's been there. So we've really worked on that a lot the last couple of weeks, um, trying to get better at that. Because I think at times when when we're not shooting the ball real well, or, or maybe stalling for offense, that defense can get us going into offense. And I know we score a lot of points most of the time. Uh, but we're not really scoring as easily as we have the past two or three years. Um, and there's really not any reason for that with the, with the talent that we have. I mean, we've got, you know, Matheny, who's the you know, player of the year candidate for the state of West Virginia and you know, arguably the best point guard in the, in the state, and, um, McClurg, and they've got a great supporting cast. And uh, another kid, the, the Forbes kid, is only a sophomore who's really been coming on of late and starting now, and um, he, he's finishing real well around the basket. But I just think our our style of play, the system that we run, it gives our kids freedom. Um, they all know their roles. They all know what they're allowed to do, what they're not allowed to do, and they've been pretty disciplined uh, and responsible with that freedom that we've given them. And when they start getting things clicking, you know, they they can put it in the hole. K.J. McClurk had 29 points tonight, but the big number that jumps out at me are, one, 28 assists for your team on 38 made baskets tonight in that win over Greenbrier East, and two, 
you force 35 turnovers. So that's uh, that says a lot about, like you said, your style of play. Sometimes your defense clearly sets your offense up. Yes, it did. You know, and a lot of those assists, I mean, 28 assists, that's crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of those are after turnovers. You, you know, you get a steal, we had another guy out front, and, you know, they're just throwing it to him for a layup. And, um, but there were some other really good ones too. I mean, Matheny had, he had a lot of assists tonight, and some of those were in traffic, and he, he made some beautiful passes. Um, and he's willing to do that. You know, he's, he's just as happy to get a dime as he is to, to get a bucket. Uh, he's just a real special kid and a team player, which is, if he wanted to go out and score 30 tonight, he could, but he really likes getting everybody involved and sharing the ball. But it makes things a little bit easier as a coach whenever you're scoring off those turnovers. Big couple of games coming up tomorrow. Big Atlantic Classic against the host, Woodrow Wilson, correct? That's right. And then yeah. and then go to Willing Park yeah, next tough, week. So tough, games, tough, tough back-to-back games here pretty tough you know we're uh you know <laughs> i think we're number one in the state and in your poll number one in the state in the ap poll and we're number three in our conference <laughs> well, kind of crazy yeah that that puts it that puts things in perspective about how difficult that uh league is and how difficult that, that you know conference play has been obviously coach joe schmidt of university thanks so much for joining us and wish you and your ball club the best of luck Hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, and, and, Coach, before we let you go, I, I see a note here, and uh, you know what? No, I'm wrong. I, I saw that wrong. I apologize. We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we will talk with Alex Vargo of Willing Park. He will see Joe Schmidl's University Hawks next week. Alex Vargo had a big game last night. We'll also talk with Willing Park girls coach Ryan Young. All that and much more after break three. Here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live, high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. Takes just one click to watch. You can also listen online with any computer or mobile device at BasketballNight.com. Just click to listen live. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. And, of course, we want you to become our correspondent and update us on your team's games. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Big thank you to all of our radio affiliates around the Mountain State. You can hear us on great radio stations, including Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington, 104.1 FM WAXS in Romney, 92.5 FM WZAC, Madison, Danville, Charleston, 105.5 FM WKQV Cowan, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 102.3 FM WMTG in Hinton, 740 AM, 106.5 FM WRNR Martinsburg, 1360 AM, 97.1 FM WHJC, Matewan, Williamson, Belfry, 
1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, 97.7 FM, WVLY Moundsville, and 101.1 FM, WVWPLP. In Wayne, that's just a few of the stations. You can hear Basketball Friday Night. Go to our affiliates page. Find a station nearest you. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.47 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. As we bring you all the action from across the Mountain State on this final Friday night, final night of January. We will talk with Alex Vargo of the Willing Park boys basketball team in a moment. But first, let's talk with Ryan Young. He's the head coach of the Willing Park girls basketball team. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And first off, Coach, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, your, your ball club tonight picks up a win over Musselman, 57-44. And I uh, have to say that uh, this is a Willing Park girls team that had a little bit of a you know, an eye-opening game last week and that loss at Huntington. Long trip, though, against a good team. Uh, certainly bounced right back on that uh, last Saturday with a win at George Washington and uh, played well this week, too. I guess you could say your team's responded pretty well to that little bit of adversity. Yeah, I think we have. Uh, last weekend was a good trip for us uh, to go down south. Uh, if we're fortunate enough to get there in March, it gave us a good chance to uh, kind of go on the road and get used to playing back-to-back nights. Uh, Huntington played a good game on Friday. Uh, we didn't play our best, but I think they had a lot to do with that. And then we were able to bounce back the next day against a really good uh, GW team. Uh, we played a really good second half. And then tonight uh, wasn't our best game. Uh, I think Musselman was a very scrappy team. Uh, we had senior night, and I didn't think we played with the type of emotion that that we thought we would, but uh, at the end of the day, it's a win, and uh, we're happy with it. Coach, as you, uh, as you move your way down towards the latter part of your season and you're getting ready towards tournament time, as you mentioned, getting those back-to-backs in, and then as you start to evaluate sectional and regional play, are there any things in particular that you're looking to try and uh, kind of get uh, flowing together? You've had a wonderful year to this point, but I know your goals are still ahead of you. Yeah, our goals are definitely still ahead of us. Uh, we have a big week next week because of our OVAC tournament. We're going to see University again on Monday, uh, which we've already had two close games against them. Everybody knows it's hard to beat a team three times uh, in one season, so I think that game alone will help prepare us for uh, later in the month in March. So that gives us a good opportunity again, the OVAC tournament, to kind of give us a postseason feel uh, and then whatever happens Monday, if we win, we advance to the finals. And, and if we lose, we still get another game. So hopefully uh, we can come Monday and give universities the kind of games we gave them the first two times around. But we know that they're a really scrappy team, a well-coached team, and it's going to be a battle. And then moving forward with uh, sectionals and regionals, we kind of see how it will kind of shake out. And hopefully uh, we can take care of business on our end and if we do, we'll be able to host both the section and region uh, with an opportunity to go to Charleston. 
Shanley Woods goes over 1,000 career points uh, earlier this week. Tell me a little bit about just having her and uh, what, what it's, you know, having a player of her caliber help uh, lead your basketball team. Uh, well, I thought Shanley has really handled it uh, well this year as far as knowing she was close to that mark. Uh, she has been a really good team player, actually second in our team uh, in, in assist, and I think she's gotten a lot of help. Uh, she has a very good supporting cast as far as scoring this year, uh, as far as the three-point ball from Lindsey Garrison and our inside presence with Bella Abernathy and kids like Asia Roby and Kieran Johnson stepping up. And we've got kids coming off the bench that are contributing. So Shanley will be the first to tell you that her team has a lot to do with it. At the same time, Shanley's a really hard worker, and she deserves it. She's not a big kid, but she certainly uh, plays to her strengths, and we are uh, we're happy for her. Ryan Young, head coach of the Wheeling Park girls basketball team. They are 17-2, and winding down regular season play with the OVACs, and then in two weeks, regular season finale at Buchanan Upshur. Coach Young, thanks so much for joining us tonight. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, again, that is Ryan Young, head coach of the Wheeling Park girls basketball team. We'll stay right in Wheeling. We'll go to Alex Vargo. And Alex Vargo put up one of the uh, one of the top scoring nights, obviously, of the year, and, and one of the top scoring nights in, in a long time. And in fact, the biggest scoring night in Wheeling Park High School basketball history. He did that last night. He scored 53 points in the Patriots' win, 91-70 over visiting Parkersburg South. And Alex joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Alex, tell me a little bit about when uh, when you started to see a, a number is you know, 50. When you saw that number coming to reach what, what was going through your mind um it was probably about i want to say third quarter or yeah third quarter i was in the 40s and then um so i kind of thought that i could possibly get to 50 and then my teammates started trying to get me the ball trying to get get my head coach's record um, <laughs> and then i kind of i kind of started getting fouled a lot so i got to the line and then I just kept getting closer and closer. I missed a couple free throws. I missed—I think I missed three. Um, so it took a little longer, but I eventually got it. Yeah, your, your head coach, Michael Jebbia, held the school record with 52 points. He did that 22 years ago. Was he threatening to take you out before you got to that to that number? <laughs> um, no. There's been a couple games I always um, joke with him because I've been – I scored a lot um, the previous game before that early, and I told him, I said, if you leave me in, I'm going to break your record. But uh, <laughs> you know, he didn't. He didn't leave me in for that one. So, <laughs> you guys have a lot. For, do you and your coach have a lot of fun? Uh, it sounds like taking jabs back and forth when it comes to scoring. Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah. He's a he's a jokester, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm always going back and forth with them, but that's all in good fun. And tell me a little bit about though. I mean, 53 points is obviously a, you know a Saturday school record. That's just a phenomenal scoring night. Anything feel different in warmups? Anything feel different? You know, at the beginning of the game, and you know, some routine maybe you're going to try to copy the next time out. Um, no, actually. I always, after school, during a home game, um, I always go to the gym before, and I'll shoot around, and then I'll go up to school, shoot in our back gym, and then time for warm-ups. Um, 
But I wasn't shooting good. I don't. I mean, I didn't think I was. And then in warm ups, I wasn't really hitting every shot. Um, but then I just kind of got started. I got rolling first half. I ended with a uh, twenty-seven going into halftime, and then I just I just kept it going the second half. I mean, I didn't really do anything different. Big game for your basketball team coming up on Tuesday night, hosting University. Your basketball team is twelve and three. Uh, very important when it comes to uh, sectional and regional seeding because that's a very difficult and unforgiving area uh, for basketball as well. And uh, you know, you get a chance at the reigning state champions in your gym. I'm sure you have to be looking forward to that one. Oh uh, yeah, it's going to be a great game. Our guys are hungry. Everybody's hungry to beat them. So, I mean, I think it should be a really good game. Should be a lot of fun. Alex Vargo, Wheeling Park. Scored 53 points in their win over Parkersburg South last night, breaking the record of his head coach, Michael Jebbia, which had been set back in 1998. Alex Fargo, thanks so much. Yep, thanks for having me. All right, and 53 still. <laughs> That's unreal. That was well over. They scored 91, so he scored well over half the points. Leave, me, what, in, uh, leave me in, Coach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Jeb be a better man than I am. I think, you know, uh, be rotating some people in. But it's really uh, great to see that rapport, like Joe mentioned, back and forth. But Michael Jebbia was a great player there at Wheeling Park. And I'm sure he's very proud that one of his players knocked that record off the books, as you mentioned, after 22 years. Wheeling Park's boys and girls are both right in the thick of being contenders, Joe. We talk about Cavill Midland kind of having that long stretch where both boys and girls were undefeated. Both now have losses. Uh, Wheeling Park, though, they're right in the thick of both races right now. Yeah, and those those schools, I was looking at their schedules. They're they're kind of winding down their regular season schedule, and and they're going to be in the OVAC here just within the next little over a week. Yeah, you, know, you look ahead for Willing Park's boys schedule after that game with the University on Tuesday night. Then next Friday, they will host Morgantown. You know, no, nothing easy there. <laughs> no. And then into OVAC play. And uh, you know, then there are just three regular season games after that because we are winding down, guys. We're almost into postseason. We're almost there already. Where does it go? They're just so fast. Speaking of fast, one hour already in the books here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. When we come back for our second hour, we will have a scoreboard update and then a little bit later on we'll have our good buddy uh, Bo Anderson. We'll talk with Dave Morrison, our standout athlete of the week. All that and much more when Hour 2 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia returns after this fourth break on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scorers online, all of them in West Virginia, visit BasketballNights.com. Big thank you to all of our radio affiliates carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia, including 92.3 FM, WYRC and Spencer, 103.7 FM, WQWB and Fisher, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood Ripley, 106.7 FM, WHFI Linside, 93.9 FM, WRRR St. Mary's, 104.5 FM, WASPLP in Huntington, 1290 AM, 101.9 FM, WVOW in Logan, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP Clay, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZ, Edmund, Beckley, 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay, 
at 9.50 a.m. WBES in Charleston. Thank you for being part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Of course, we want you to join the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter. We'll make sure to mention your name tonight at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Big shout out tonight to our newest followers just a few moments ago. Brenda Lovejoy joined us along with Carl Watkins, Kylie Marone. Also joining us, Nick Booth, Jeremy Neal, Sam Minardi. Running with the Herd, Herd Nation, Chad Williams, Zach Davis, Landon, Kyler Grimes, and Brandon. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Call us tonight. Tell us about your game. 855-784-6677. Please join Marshall University's Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum's celebration at the 2020 Black History Month and other important events throughout the year. On February 6th, the chair of the Department of History at Harvard University, Dr. Evelyn Brooks Higginbotham, delivers the annual Dr. Carter G. Woodson lecture at 4 p.m. in the Shawkey Dining Room in the Memorial Student Center at Marshall. The lecture is co-sponsored with the Drinko Academy. On February 13th, the United States Surgeon General, Vice Admiral Dr. Jerome M. Adams, will discuss his personal life and the role as the nation's doctor at 4 p.m. in the Jones C. Edwards Performing Arts Center. The Woodson Lyceum also supports programs specifically for teachers and students. Teachers should apply for the Lyceum Summer History Institute by March 13th. The History Institute is partly funded by a major grant from the West Virginia Humanities Council. Students should apply for positions in the W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications High School Journalism Workshop by May 30th. Applications for teachers and students are available at the Woodson Lyceum's website, marshall.edu slash woodsonlyceum. The Woodson Lyceum is a resource for this region on Black History Month and serves as a forum supporting quality education and freedom of the press. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Winners. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Right up alongside Rick Marone, Joe Limble, talking winners, teams that Came through tonight. Big wins for several ball clubs. We talked about Robert C. Bird. Another stellar defensive effort. Uh, Coach Marone, Wheeling Park. Uh, girls getting a win tonight as well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just, again, we are here an hour or two of basketball Friday night in West Virginia. And this is just, uh, again, running right along this season. But before we get too far along, your basketball team had a very nice win last night at Rebel Arena. Yeah, we had a uh, <clears throat> a good battle. We ended up getting a win uh, with Tug Valley. Uh, that's a split. They they got us earlier in the year at Tug Valley, but uh, it was a great game, a great atmosphere. It went to overtime, and uh, we was uh, fortunate to get a win. And we get to turn around uh, tomorrow. I think they were ranked eighth in the Class A rankings, and 
tomorrow we take on number nine Calhoun County at their place. So no rest for the weary, and uh, we'll be back on the road tomorrow. But uh, really excited. It was a big win uh, for us, uh, just trying to improve and get better towards the latter part of the season. And Coach, I had trouble keeping up. Have you been to Mount Zion before? I will be tomorrow. All right. <laughs> the box will be checked. So this will be your first trip to Calhoun County tomorrow for that ball, uh, ball game. So You know, we've talked about that. I that, love that. that. I love that. That hometown invitational. You get to go places that you normally don't get to play in. That, that's really neat. It's great uh, for the kids, and Coach Boke is a, a friend of mine that I've met through the HIT tournament, and the last two years, just with the luck, luck of the draw or unlucky for them, they made the trip to Glen Hayes two years in a row, and so we had the seating meeting this year. I said, Coach, uh, uh, no matter how things work out, hopefully you won't have to drive to Tulsa again. We did end up in the same pool again, but this time uh, we'll make the trip up there. We're looking forward to it. Uh, it's a afternoon game and uh, the winner of that will be in the championship next weekend uh, at Clay Battelle so a lot at stake there they're 12 and 5 and Coach Boke's done a great job uh, building that program we know it's going to be a tall task but as you mentioned Joe meeting people getting to other parts of the state is an added benefit to being a part of the tournament absolutely and you know another thing Ryan we haven't talked much about tonight I was listening to the pregame of a game in the Canal Valley the the Polka Charleston Catholic game coming in there's been a lot of sickness a lot of flu going around uh, and it's it's had a lot of adverse effects on a lot of basketball games over the last week, ten days. There have been several schools canceled, or you know, school days canceled, and then some schools have no their school no play policies that you know stretch beyond weather, illness related too. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, in the, the the health department in the counties, I know in ours is uh, similar to those around the state, tracking every day. Uh, you have to follow up, and when kids are not there. Uh, you follow up, and they're looking at those numbers, as Ryan mentioned, and there's a threshold there. I mean, when you get to a point where it's spreading and it's uh, contagious, then uh, they look at the safety of the whole. But uh, it's it's a situation, and it's hitting basketball teams uh, just like it is the schools. Charleston Catholic mentioned I think they had five kids show up for practice on Tuesday, had to cancel on Wednesday, and finally had enough back in the gym yesterday to, to have a practice. Makes it tough. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Coach Marone, before we get too far along here, your your ball club now has won three consecutive games. Wins over Cross Lanes Christian and Greenbrier West in the hit tournament last week, and a win over Tug Valley in overtime. And, and so, you know, your basketball team has uh, got a couple of nice wins here in a row. Maybe started to play well for longer stretches yeah that's the key and uh, even within the game last night still some glitches played three really nice quarters and in the fourth quarter uh, things got away from us a little bit and trying to get some consistency with our team I know that's what all coaches look at and really trying to find uh, a flow and a rhythm and, uh, and get the players to feel comfortable and uh, hopefully you get that done by the end of the season we're down the stretch, we've still got uh, six games remaining in regular season and some really tough opponents. So uh, we're we're happy with where we're at, but not where we want to end up. Ten and seven on the season again with the twenty-one. You're almost done too. And then uh, you know making the trip tomorrow. I presume you'll be getting off the Big Otter exit of I seventy-nine up Route sixteen. We Atlanta will be heading the... up to Big Otter. There you go. And then <laughs> and beyond. And beyond. <laughs> there you go. So uh, Tulsa and Calhoun County. We'll play tomorrow night in girls' basketball. We know that you're also wanting to know what's happening tonight in boys' and girls' basketball across the state. It's time for another BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Joe, we will let you lead off with the girls' scores this time. All right. It was Doddridge County picking up a win tonight over the Lady Tigers of Ward County. 
80 to 49. Nicholas County, the Grizzlies, in a squeaker, knock off Roan County, 38 36. It was the Lady Cougars, actually. This one's still a end of the third quarter. Jefferson leads Hedgesville. They play every week, don't they? <laughs> uh, 40, 40 to 21. Uh, Jefferson on top after three. Wetzel County, the Lady Lumberjacks, or the Lumberjills, as Ryan calls them, uh, knocked off 100 tonight, 55-47. Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, roll on with a big win over Williamstown tonight, 84-57. Webster County knocks off Clay County, 55-41. It was Fort Hill, Maryland, falling to Frankfort tonight, 79-29. Greenbrier West. Cavaliers pick up a win tonight over Midland Trail. Uh, that score, I looked away here real quick. Okay, Greenbrier West over Midland Trail, 51-49. Morgan, or, uh, Brooklyn Morgan had 19, Julie Agee 17, and uh, what a game it was uh, for Greenbrier West. Lincoln County knocks off Mingo Central tonight, 68 68- 60. We'll talk to Coach uh, Kim Davis of Mingo Central later on in tonight's show. Parkersburg South, the Lady Patriots over John Marshall, 68-47. It was Mo- uh, Musselman falling to Wheeling Park tonight, 57-44. In the Valley, Spring Mills, or actually in the Panhandle, Spring Mills knocks off the Washington Patriots, 48-36. And Spring Valley picks up a big win tonight over Pikeview, 72 72- 65. Coach, we'll let you rest your vocal cords for tomorrow's game. You know, save it for yelling at people like Bo Anderson or whomever. No, I'm just kidding. Coach is good about that. I'll do the boys' scores for you right now. Tug Valley picks up a win tonight over Parkersburg Catholic. A big win for the Panthers. They get the victory, 41-35. In the Big Atlantic Classic, University doubles up Greenbrier East, 88-44. Also in the Big Atlantic Classic, Princeton defeats Pikeview, 55-40. Princeton had two players with double-doubles in that game, one of them with double-digit assists. Southern Garrett, Maryland, defeats Tucker County, 61-29. It was Cameron, a winner over Bellsville, Ohio, 79-58. Pendleton County defeats Moorefield tonight, 56-46. The Wildcats of Penco, 13-0. Polka goes on the road and beats Charleston Catholic tonight, 49-42. The Dots now 12-2. Charleston Catholic, 9-3. Can't fault their schedule, though. They played Wheeling Central, Cabell Midland, and now Polka all within just a matter of a little more than a week. So, uh, tough stretch for the Irish. They've been pretty good during it. George Washington, speaking of Cabell Midland, George Washington defeats the Knights tonight, 63-54, second loss of the season for Cabell Midland. Also, Shady Spring continues its undefeated run in Class AA boys basketball. The Tigers defeat Pikeview tonight. 85-44. South Charleston, a squeaker tonight. They get past Hurricane, 44-43. Chapmanville Regional goes to Pioneer Gym and defeats Wayne tonight, 81-39. It was Oak Glen, a 65-44 winner over Wellsville, Ohio. Brooke picks up a win over Indian Creek, Ohio, out of Wintersville, 50-41. Brooke gets the win tonight. Woodrow Wilson in the Big Atlantic Classic defeats Hampshire, 78-48. So you've got Raleigh County Armory tomorrow, University, and Woodrow Wilson. The Big Atlantic Classic AAA Championship. Should be a lot of fun there. Bluefield 
defeats Mountain View tonight by a final of 81 to 62 as Bluefield continues its streak of uh, hot scoring. 81 plus points now in five consecutive games for the Beavers. Also, it was Reedsville, Eastern Ohio, picking up a 54 28 win over Wahama. The Bridgeport Indians go to Elkins and come away with a 54-34 victory over the host Tigers. It was East Fairmont defeating Lewis County 57-56. Westside beats Liberty Raleigh tonight 64-53. A three-pointer at the buzzer gives Wesley Christian Kentucky an overtime win at Logan 64-61. The Circuit Riders beat the Wildcats at Willie Acres Arena. There were two Two threes in that game. Wesley Christian hit one late in regulation to send it to overtime and then hits one at the buzzer to win. In overtime, Marshall verbal commit David Early with 33 points in the loss for the Logan Wildcats. Again, just now extending that all-time leading score mark. Toronto, Ohio defeats Madonna 61-49. Toronto goes into Weirton and gets the win. It was Mingo Central, a buzzer beater. Josh Wellman, a putback. As the Miners get the road win at Nitro, 65-63. North Marion picks up a 73-53 win tonight over Grafton. It was Philip Barber, 77, but Cannon Upshur, 74. Point Pleasant defeats Ravenswood, 69-62. The stellar defense of the Robert Seabird Eagles on display tonight as they knock off Lincoln in Clarksburg, 47-18. The final, RCB holds Lincoln to under 20. St. Albans tonight picks up a big win over Spring Valley, 79-52. That ends a pretty good run. Spring Valley won about three or four consecutive tight ball games, but they fall tonight by 27 at St. Albans. Also tonight, Webster County defeats Gilmer County, 68-65. It was Washington, 51. Spring Mills, 46. Martinsburg picks up an 82-53 win over Broadfording Christian Academy. Also tonight, Clay Battelle, 73, Buffalo, 62. Edgesville defeats Jefferson, 64-49. And in the third quarter, score from the Big Atlantic Classic at the Raleigh County Armory and Convention Center in Beckley. It is Capital leading Huntington, 58-55. That is a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Full night of games all across the state. And that Huntington Capital game, that's usually a, a big rivalry. They play for a bell in football. Uh, the old Charleston-Huntington rivalry for high school between those two ball clubs. And they're in a, a tight game down in Beckley tonight. Yeah, they both travel to Beckley. Those two schools not uh, too far apart uh, from Huntington to Charleston, but a nice venue. And I tell you, uh, a couple of the coaches have mentioned tonight on the air about getting that tournament atmosphere feel as they get ready to head towards the postseason. The Big Atlantic, a great opportunity to do that. And Coach Smittle mentioned uh, going down, staying overnight, getting that opportunity to play away from home. And, Joe, that's going to be a valuable experience. Some of these teams have been to the state tournament. Some haven't. But, again, the Big Atlantic, among many other events, a good opportunity for that. Anytime you can get your team into a a big venue with a, a lot of noise, a lot of cheering, is definitely a plus for the postseason. There are uh, a lot of those this time of year because the teams that are that are good. Now is when you start to see maybe a team that 
maybe wasn't supposed to be all that good that's having a good year. You start getting the crowd realizing, okay, they got a home game coming up tonight. <laughs> know what we're doing. They clear the calendar for that. Uh, this is the time. It's a fun time of year, Coach. Yeah, it's a great time of year, and and really they've started to be spread out. Used to it was pretty much the holiday you know time early in the season that Christmas. New Year's time, and then you started seeing other things like the Little General that uh, is is later in the season, and the Big Atlantic, and a lot of these, and then the OVAC they have conference uh, tie-ins. So uh, there are really things sprinkled throughout uh, the season that uh, provide that atmosphere and that learning opportunity for teams to have. And those are things you can't simulate in practice. You know, you, you've got to go away from home. You're not staying. Uh, uh, you're sleeping in, uh, you know, in a motel or whatnot. And uh, Joe, if you're going to Charleston to the state tournament, uh, it's not at anybody's home court. So it's always a plus to have that in your pocket. Right. And you mentioned uh, they used to have the the big what was the little general shootout at the big house. Everybody wanted to play yeah. that because that was just a taste. <laughs> you know what was coming up in March. Uh, so we we're definitely getting into. Those games that mean a lot, and always a lot of fun to talk about those as we get into you know, almost into February, almost there. Yeah, and I tell you what, uh, you know, it won't be just a week or two. You know, we'll be talking about seeding and all the things that come with that. And uh, we had uh, the poll question, uh, you know, before uh, earlier this season about whether they should have, you know, requirements to play all teams in sectional and just let the records play out. But uh, that's not the case right now. And it, ends up being a voting process. So uh, I'm sure there'll be some discussion with that as well. <laughs> yeah, always, never a dull moment. We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we will introduce you to this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. Much more on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is Break 5 across the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Marshall University sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall Sports Journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on, real-life experiences come through Marshall Student-Powered Media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget to join us online. Vote in this week's poll. This week's question, now that you've seen the proposed four-class sectional or regional alignments, has your opinion changed on the four-class system? So tell us what you think. Give us a yes or no. Go over to basketballnight.com, vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote, and of course we'll share the results with you at the end of the show. 
Many places to listen and watch basketball Friday night in West Virginia. If you're looking for radio affiliates, go to our affiliate page. Of course, follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. We welcome you back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, 1019. This January 31st, Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Rick Marone is with us as well in studio. Joining us now, though, here on the BasketballNight.com set. If you're watching us on the stream, uh, is Andrew Rogers. He is our special correspondent. He had a chance to learn a little bit more about this week's standout athlete of the week, Sam Kermeens of Williamstown. And um, first off, Andrew, that's a Williamstown ball club that is very, very good. Yeah, absolutely. They're off to a really good start. One of three remaining unbeatens in class single A, the other being uh, Shady Spring in double A, so a total of four. But his main message has been teamwork. It's not just him getting it done. It's all of his teammates as well. They've done a really good job of getting off to such a good start. But now they've got really high expectations. Good players on good teams don't have to force a lot. They can just kind of just play out, and their numbers come almost as the game flows. Yeah, Sam's a guy. He's six foot four, good size, can shoot the three. He can score whenever he wants, but he doesn't force anything. He lets it come to himself. He doesn't force anything on the offensive end, and that's really what's allowed this team to be successful. He doesn't shoot too much. He gets everybody else involved as well. And kind of a, a full circle moment for the for the show, he was nominated by a former standout athlete of the week in his own right, Douglas Workman. Yeah, it's his older cousin who played at Point Pleasant, and when I talked to Douglas and Sam as well, they both kind of watched each other's games, so... For Sam growing up, he got to watch Douglas, watch him play, and now Doug's going back to watch Sam play. So it's kind of how a unique situation there, how one gets to watch the other, and now Sam's growing up now. Absolutely. And again, they started out 15-0, pick up another win. 16-0 are the Williamstown Yellow Jackets. Sam Cremeen's our standout athlete of the week. Andrew Rogers now has more on the Williamstown Junior Forward. American clergyman John Maxwell was first attributed with the phrase, teamwork makes the dream work. By having that same mindset, remaining humble, and leading by example, that's what makes Sam Cremens this week's standout athlete of the week. Williamstown junior forward Sam Cremens and the Yellow Jackets are undefeated through 15 games this season and one of four remaining unbeaten teams in the state of West Virginia. He attributes the success so far this season because of him and his teammates' mindset to do whatever it takes to win games. Well, I think about each one of our guys feels the same way and would just all we care about is wanting to win the game. Like, it doesn't matter if I have a really good game or if Eli Inman, one of my teammates, has a really good game or somebody else on our team has a really good game. I think it's just, just getting the win. Williamstown head coach Scott Soros says that Sam is the perfect representation of his very unselfish team. We have a bunch of, of good players, but they're very, very unselfish. And you know, they, we have guys that, that just want to make the right play. Sam is kind of the epitome of, of that unselfish play. Just to, just to put it in perspective, I mean, he's, he does lead us in scoring it, but um, you know, he doesn't force things when, he's, when he shouldn't. Of course, he has a lot of talent, but I think it's you know, his, his mindset, his attitude carries that forward. 
to games, and uh, you know it rubs off on other kids on our team as well. This is Kremen's first year with the Yellow Jackets after moving to Williamstown. Since joining the Yellow Jackets, Kremen's is averaging a team-leading 15 points per game. Coach Saro says it was an easy transition for him because of his character. It's not surprising to anybody that knows Sam that it was really seamless. Um, you know, he's never met a stranger. He's just he's a friendly guy, and people want to be around him. Because of that, it was just a very, very seamless transition. When not setting an example on the hardwood, one may find Kremens at Evergreen Bible Church, where he is regularly involved with his youth group. He says his unselfishness stems from his personal relationship with God. It's nice, nice to surround myself with people that are we're all we're all here for the right reasons, and we're all we're all here to to worship. Like be unselfish. That that comes that comes from my relationship with God, and I think that from what He's done for me, I want to be able to like illustrate that throughout my life. Kremens and his Williamstown teammates hope to continue their perfect run all the way by capping the season off with a state championship. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Andrew Rogers. Thanks so much, Andrew. As Williamstown got their 16th win of the season last night. 103 to 60 over Work County, and they will play at Ravenswood in the pit on Tuesday night, and then next Saturday or next Friday, excuse me, they will travel to Naugatuck to take on Tug Valley. Don't know what you're going to get from the Panthers right now, though. <laughs> no, like you mentioned, the team really ready to break out, so that's going to be a great matchup next week for the Yellow Jackets. And before we go back to the phones, and uh, we'll talk with Mike Loving here in just a moment, big Shady Spring fan, and. I mean, I know he's having a blast for third season right now, <laughs> as, he should be, as he should be. He should be enjoying it. This is a, it's a tremendous season for, uh, for the Tigers. But we would be remiss to not take a few minutes and just kind of talk about the, the loss uh, that the sport suffered. Uh, and within the past week, of course, we're talking about the death of Kobe Bryant, uh, died in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California on Sunday just before Sunday uh, afternoon, so Sunday morning, uh, he, along with eight others, including his daughter, uh, there was um, you know two of her, two of his daughter's teammates and their families with them as well, and all died in that helicopter crash. And uh, it's something that you're, you're seeing that has affected people at all age ranges, people who grew up, who are in high school now. Coach, I mean, you know, you, you go back over the generations. You had. Bird and Magic, and then you had Michael Jordan, which overlapped but kind of smoothly went through. Then there was Kobe. Then, then you know, LeBron James is kind of the overlap of Kobe. But uh, Kobe Bryant is someone who was, you know, a, a guy that a lot of these kids who are in high school right now, their basketball memories of watching basketball, well, m- many of them will involve watching Kobe Bryant. Yeah, that's what people uh, tie to and we all have that as we grow up and you look back and as you mentioned every generation has their uh, their stars and heroes and the legendary players and there's definitely a period there that Kobe Bryant is the the standard bearer uh, for the NBA and really basketball worldwide I mean it had become a worldwide uh, sport we celebrated here at the high school level but you're exactly right and you've seen it uh, just uh, through looking at social media and different things even at the high school level uh, Joe people uh, affected by this because it's such a, a shocking event to happen to someone so young. At at uh, one of the Scott games earlier in the week, uh, there was quite a few of the students actually wore Kobe and Lakers jerseys to the game. Uh, that that they just like Ron said, you just grew up 
watching, you know, uh, the NBA, and that was that was he was the premier star at the time. And uh, of course, I go back a little farther. I go back to the Wilt Chamberlain and Jerry West days. <laughs> I thought you, you were going to say Bob Cousy. No, and no, I was no. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, you know, and we even had a, a moment of silence, you know, for those nine victims of that helicopter crash, you know. And it's just tragic, you know. Even though, like I said, you know, we didn't know anybody on there, but it still affects you. And uh, I'm and Ryan and I were talking off the air. Uh, I kind of got a new respect for Kobe because I've watched several of the specials that were on ESPN and some of the other channels this week and, you know, as a tribute to him. So he, he must have been a phenomenal man. And, and, you know, there are obviously ties in, in terms of, you know, Mike D'Antoni was his coach mm-hmm. for a couple of years in, in Los Angeles. Danny D'Antoni was an assistant at the time. Of course, we're talking about, you know, Mullins, West Virginia native. So, yeah. well, uh, but, and Jerry West actually recruited him. So. Yeah, yeah, Jerry West is the one who – Set forth the trade after the 96 NBA draft with the Charlotte Hornets before they left and then came back as the Bobcats and then changed back to the Hornets again. But, uh, you know, long story short, yeah, there are ties that, that bind. And the sport of basketball really is able to do that. And, and, and Coach, you're, you've been a girls' high school basketball coach for uh, more than a quarter of a century now. I'm not saying that to make you feel old, but my point <laughs> but, but, I mean, I said that like, oh, that sounded bad, but just follow here. Uh, Kobe had four daughters. He didn't have any, didn't have any sons. Right. And you know, his girl who was killed was the second oldest, the 13-year-old Gianna. And really what you could tell is that he had kind of accepted a role in trying to uh, you know, bring more attention to, better coaching, et cetera, et cetera, more opportunities for girls' sports. It just was at the very ground level at this point. And it feels like if you know, it was something that he was ready to see through. Unfortunately, he can't. But that's it's a loss for girls' sports. It is. It, it definitely is. And a lot of those people have been reaching out and uh, and sharing their experiences. And I tell you, as Joe mentioned, one of the things I saw that was really uh, really interesting to me was when he left the game uh, as a player. He really wanted to separate from the game. He he didn't want to watch it. Uh, he really wanted to be away from the game. And it was his daughter that brought him back. He saw the love she had for the game. And then it drew him back in. And as you mentioned, he was starting to really push the process uh, for uh, for women's basketball. And uh, uh, it's just a shame not to be able to see him see that through because it was just on the ground level. But, uh, you know, maybe a spark's been started there. And, uh, that uh, needs to continue on, but it, it was really uh, a very unique situation uh, that that played out. I think a lot had happened for him after retirement. Like you mentioned, he got away from basketball. He just it was all he knew, and, and in many ways, I think that uh, he was someone who basketball was his cachet. It was what made him known. It was why we know him. But I think he had the opportunity to, to do some bigger things yeah. in life beyond the game. And, you know, unfortunately that won't be the case. It just, it, it just wasn't to be. And, um, you know, the, the entire basketball world kind of paused and had to collect itself, entire sports world for that matter. But, um, you know, there's really not a whole lot you can say um, beyond that other than uh, that, that, that's an effect that a lot of people felt, though. Basketball players, parents, you know, like, you know, my dad doesn't watch the NBA. He could, could not care less about the National Basketball Association. He'll root for Mike D'Antoni's teams because he's a Marshall right. guy in West Virginia guy. <laughs> but just in general, just just does not care. And uh, he was he was at a funeral for one of his friends who had passed away. 
um, who was a former coach in Wayne County, King Queen. And uh, when he got back, he he said, you know, the first thing he said to me was, did you hear about Kobe Bryant? And uh, then one of his another one of his friends called, and they're like, yeah, did you hear about Kobe Bryant? They don't talk basketball together, but this event they did, and it kind of shows you just the reach and, and the sudden loss and how people um, you know, that might not have followed it closely still, still understand it was a big deal. Yeah, we, I was actually uh, at a family gathering. It was a birthday party for my dad, uh, which happy birthday to my dad. He was 87 this past wow, week, and, uh, doing wonderful. He lives here in West Huntington, and I uh, wanted to, to give him a shout-out. But at a birthday gathering of all my family, and one of my nephews had it come across his phone. He came over to his dad, who I happened to be sitting across, and he shared it and was just kind of you know shocking. But as you mentioned, people from any walk – uh, of life seem to be affected uh, by this uh, situation. Yeah, I was actually at the uh, West Virginia Hunt and Fishing Show up in Charleston, and and when it started coming, some somebody turned and said, uh, "That's fake, you know, it's one of those hoax." And and somebody said, "Well, I read it on Facebook, you know, everything." Up. <laughs> right. But then uh, about that time, ESPN broadcasted, and, and you knew it was you know absolutely true. And it just you know again, our thoughts and prayers go out to the families. Uh, of that terrible, terrible accident, and and yeah, it's um, just there, there's so much left to be said, and there's not really any words to to say it. it it's a very difficult thing. There's so many things that can still be, um, you know, talked about, and, and just how difficult it was, and, and just the sudden is so sudden, and and I know that unfortunately, uh, some of our communities have, have gone through sudden loss over the past few years with. Yeah, I mean, it's really been our, our whole area has had uh, the effects of uh, some really tragic uh, losses. And, and even that situation around the families affected. And uh, there was a coach uh, from out in California, a really highly successful uh, coach out to Belle that was That was also, I mean, you know, Kobe Bryant, obviously the most known, but, you know, his daughter and the families of all those involved, we, we extend our prayers and thoughts and wishes. Uh, just a tragic, tragic situation. And I just want to take a second. I want to read all the names because, I mean, there were nine people. The, yeah. Kobe and his daughter and seven others just doesn't feel right to say it that way. So there was, you know, there was Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, who was 13. John Altabelli, who was the, the coach uh, at Orange County uh, College, who was a, just an outstanding junior college baseball coach. His wife, Carrie Altabelli, and their daughter, Alyssa, who was 14, and a teammate of Gianna's. Uh, Christina Mauser, who was 30, 38 years old. Sarah Chester, her daughter Peyton Chester, was 13 years old. Another teammate of Gianna's and Alyssa's in the pilot was was uh, Ara Zobayan. So uh, those were the um, the names of the nine who passed away in that tragic helicopter crash. Right, now we're going to step aside take a break. When we come back, we will get back to celebrating the sports that we all loved and Kobe loved too. Mike and Loving of uh, Shady Spring will talk with us here in a moment. And we'll talk with Super Dave. Dave Morrison. All that and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia resumes here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long 
with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that called, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight and share your team's game. Call toll-free 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Again, follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. You can also text the show and text scores to us at 304-249-4924. Text the show at 304-249-4924. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, and find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. And a shout-out to some of our latest Twitter followers, Brenda Lovejoy, Carl Watkins, Kylie Marone, Zach Davis, Landon, Tyler Grimes, Brandon, Neil Legg, and Miss Cindy. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. We have said goodbye to Coach Rick Marone. We were just uh, having him escorted off the, uh, off the set. Yes, he's, he's been ejected. Um, he will be uh, heading back to the locker room and then heading home. And then get on the bus and ride. Yeah, long trip up 79 and then the Big Otter exit of 79 and then up. It's not exactly right next to 79 either, right up to Mount Zion no, and Calhoun County High School. And, uh, again, so nice that that event, the hometown invitational, creates the opportunities for people to go to different places because, quite frankly, if you live in Calhoun County, you would have no reason whatsoever to go through Glen Hayes or to go into Wayne County, really, other than Off the beaten unless, path. unless you went through that little <laughs> sliver of Wayne County on I-64 right before you get between Huntington and Kentucky. That might be the only time they would be in Wayne County otherwise. So, you know, it, it's good that, you know, we're all on the same team, quite frankly. West Virginia is a, a state that has to, has to stay together for a variety of reasons. Of course, we might be adding some Virginians. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't no, think so. But, but, but it's interesting. West Virginia Beach. <laughs> there you go, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it wouldn't even be the nickname for Myrtle. It would actually no, it's be the, Virginia. Beach, right. Yeah. What is known now as Virginia Beach. Right. That'd be, that'd be interesting. But uh, anyway, you know who's had a very interesting year? We'll talk with Dave Morrison in just a moment. But the Shady Spring Tigers boys basketball team, they navigated through a very difficult early season schedule and won them all. And now they've kind of got into the, the heart of their schedule and they are rolling right along. 15 and 0. Mike Loving is a big Shady Spring fan. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Mike had to be enjoying being a Tiger fan right now. Uh, yes, sir. It's been a couple weeks since I've t- talked to you guys. And uh, I, uh, they've gained a couple good victories, uh, starting off with Bluefield at home. And then they went to Independence and be Independence at their own home court. And then this past week, 
which I was actually at the Liberty game, uh, beat them, and then uh, Thursday night. And actually, I want to I want to send a shout out to Video Productions. If you haven't watched them, if you can't be at a game, that is one of the best productions to watch a basketball game. Absolutely. And watch them beat Pike beat Pike View on Thursday night, uh, eighty four to forty five, and uh, eighty five forty four. Sorry, and uh, just uh, looking forward to next week as they uh, take on. Uh, Philip Barber on Tuesday, and then uh, another key matchup, uh, second second matchup of the season with Bluefield down at Bluefield, which is going to be really tough. Hey, Mike, uh, with Luke LaRose coming over from Nicholas County, what? how do you feel like that has affected the Shady Spring team? I, 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 th- I think it's been a, it's, it's added on to the, the excitement to the team. I mean, I mean, they're all, I mean, they share the ball. They love to share the ball. With each with each other, and I mean it's a good cohesive team, and that and, and, and along with their defense, I mean and, and their defense is what the scariest part is. I mean that they, against Pikeview on Thursday, they had they turned over Pikeview at least a good 15, 16, 17 times, and I mean that defense is just scary. And they're and like I said, they share the ball, and they they've got point guard. I mean, and most of the time they're starting point guards, and uh, I mean and they don't have. A, they have a couple big men, but 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 to have point guards on the uh, court um, most of the time is very effective. What impressed me about this group, um, Mike, and I, again, I know you're coming from a fan perspective, but just watching them kind of gel. You add Luke LaRose into the mix uh, of a team that was already very strong coming back, and they've been in a lot of close games, and they have won all of them. I mean, you're talking about a big come-from-behind win over Robert C. Bird early in the year. And by the way, Shady Spring was notoriously slow starting in a lot of those games early on, but they were able to come back and get wins. A, a three-point win over George Washington. Uh, you know, you, you look on down the line, a five-point win over Wyoming East, a three-point win over Greenbrier East, a three-point win over Bluefield. And, I mean, they're not necessarily running these teams out of the gym, Mike, but they are winning every close game. Well, with Bluefield, I mean, they were down eight, ten points most of the game. Uh, but then I came while I, was, while I was watching the game. I came back and said, "Hey, they came. They beat. They came back and beat Robert C. Bird. I mean, if they can do that, they can do that. They can do that against uh, um, Bluefield, and and they came back and won. And I mean, and, and you know, give credit to Coach Olson and you know his coaching staff. I mean, that, that uh, they 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 helped these boys gel together. And uh, I, it's I look forward to the second half of the season. Shady Spring, 14-0. They will play uh, Philip Barber at home coming up on Monday. And then next Friday, they travel to the Brush Fork Armory to take on the Bluefield Beavers. Mike Loving, Shady Spring fan, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Uh, Thank you for having me, guys, and look forward to calling you guys in in a couple weeks. Sounds good. That's Mike Loving, a big Shady Spring fan again. Loving it as they should be, and that's not a pun. That's the actual truth. That's a great job that they're doing uh, this year are the Tigers. Dave Morrison... He's seen Shady Spring a few times. Dave Morrison of SuperDaveSports.com and also the Independent Herald and just a, a noted sports writer. Dave Morrison joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I think I jumped the gun on them a little bit there in the back, and I don't they think they ready. had the music ready to go. So, Dave, I tried to stretch it out on this intro, but it uh, looks like it's just a cold start tonight. Well, it's all right. I mean, I'm not feeling real well this evening anyway. It must be the flu or something. Maybe uh, maybe it's going around, I'm, or I'm, ta- I'm bringing it with me. 
How are you guys doing this evening? Oh, we're, we're, we're doing fantastic. Oh, there we go. They woke up. <laughs> Maybe this will help you feel a little better. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Morrison. Is super- I feel like I should do the whole intro again. Does it matter? What is that music? It's, it's Super Dave. What do you need to know? I mean, what more do you want? Yeah, it's a I, thing. I need to have it when I interplay. I was getting I ready to say, to I, I felt that if I knew you were going to be at a game and I had something to do with, uh, you know, a tie, and that this would play <laughs> upon your entrance into the arena. <laughs> I, I, well, I appreciate that. You know, we might be able to make that happen. We can make a few phone calls. Anyway, um, nonetheless, Dave, um, never a dull moment in Region 3 and thankfully, we get to talk a little bit more basketball this week. Um, but uh, still, the Big Atlantic Classic going on in Beckley. Uh, you know, this is another event at the Raleigh County Armory that has a lot of teams from across the state in it. And that's almost turned into the, uh, the second biggest venue for high school basketball within, within this state, just behind the Charleston Civic Center. Well, they certainly have hosted their fair share of uh, events in uh, the Big Atlantic Classic with the long run there. Um, since it came from Charleston. I think that was sometime in the 90s. So it's uh, had a long run there. Of course, the New River CTC, which had a, a lot of all the uh, Region 3 AA teams were in that event this year, I think with the exception of Riverside. But then Nicholas County, or uh, Riverview rather, uh, Nicholas County was uh, in there. So all the area teams that I covered, that that would be really exciting for me. And of course, a, a lot of good um, troop white games at the Armory tonight. I know Woodrow picked up a win over Hampshire. Now they'll get a chance to play another number one when they uh, play university tomorrow. And what a good thing for uh, Woodrow. They get to play in a lot of tournaments, and that's also their home court. So they don't have to go on the, on the road a whole lot when they can get into as many tournaments as they can there at the uh, at the Armory. And I know they played in a little general tournament there now in the, in the uh, Big Atlantic. So an uh, opportunity for them to get a lot of games on that floor where they're familiar and uh, you guys have been there before you know if you're not real familiar with it you might struggle till you uh, you get your till you get it down and uh, understand that depth perception there behind the backwards yeah, which and, is that way for any armory right for anyone who hasn't been to the raleigh county armory and Buckley convention center or whatever else they call it but the raleigh county armory um you know the seating is, is kind of it's elevated and and up, it's uh, elevated enough. It's the same thing. I know, redundant, but uh, it's up away from the floor. There are some bleacher seats on the floor, but not very many. The crowd is up above you, and there is just you know all kinds of space behind the baskets. It's very difficult to get oriented when you're used to playing in a, a typical West Virginia high school gym. Right when there with the walls right behind the backboard, basically you no know, six or seven feet and. Like you said, this is one of those old armories where everything kind of is up. Another armory, or off the floor, I should say, and another uh, venue like that would be the Memorial Building over in Fayetteville. It was the uh, same kind of thing. There were there were bleacher seats down below, but around the ring, kind of like Cameron Indoor Stadium at Duke, where they had the, the ring around, uh, with the most of the seats above the floor, and, and mostly seats. In, in places like that are really good seats anyway. There's not a bad seat. Good, it's a, good viewing. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so tell me about some of the games that you saw today. Uh, obviously, you mentioned big wins today for Woodrow Wilson. Uh, big win for University. They'll meet tomorrow. Princeton, an impressive win. 
today for the uh, Tigers over Pike View, and you know a ten assist game from Peyton Brown, uh, nineteen points, thirteen rebounds from Braden Casenberry. So you know that's a that's a ball club that had a couple of big performances today. And then you had you know Westside picking up a win over Liberty tonight. You know a busy Friday night is always in Region Three, but I don't know that there were any surprises. Uh, yeah, no real surprise. I don't think there were any surprises this evening, unless I just haven't got to them yet. <laughs> um, Bluefield, um, I know you just had a Shady Spring fan on. Um, these two teams play again next Friday night, so we'll have a lot to talk about. Westside Wyoming East playing. Um, then and of course we had the big meeting in uh, Wyoming County this week where they were talking about doing at least putting on hiatus this series because of uh, everything that's happened. And of course we talked about that last week, but uh, they decided not to do that. They're going <clears> to <throat> add some security, I guess, and uh, go on with that one. But Bluefield, I mean, how well is this team playing since they uh, lost to Shady Spring? And they've gone on the road to Bristol and beat a team, Wesley Christian, with I think three McDonald All-American nominees on it. They scored 81-plus in five straight games now. And uh, you look at Shady on the other side of this big matchup next Friday night, 18 three-pointers last night. Um, I mean, a game earlier this week, seven different players had three-pointers. The team that can really shoot the ball um, <clears throat> And that really is their bread and butter because they do shoot it so well. And Luke LaRose has been a big part of that. 37 points now from 2000 in his career. And uh, he's playing really well. They, they, have not, they have not had Tommy Williams in their lineup for the last three games, yet they're still rolling right on along. And as I said, 18 three-pointers last night. Hard to beat the team when it's hitting 18 three-pointers. Absolutely. Dave Morrison, SuperDaveSports.com. He covers Region 3 like no one else. And quite frankly, six nights a week, if you just throw your uh, throw a dart at the, at the map, you can find a pretty competitive game to go watch in Region 3. Um, Dave Morrison, always a pleasure. Hey, guys, I appreciate it. You guys have a great rest of the show. Thanks, and we'll talk to you again next week. Right now we've got to step aside take a break. When we come back, we'll speak with our standout athlete of the week, Sam Crimmins from Williamstown. We will also talk with Kim Smith, Bingo Central girls coach. And they're having a pretty good year. They had a girl knock down 13 threes in a game earlier this week. Don't want to let that one slip by, right? That's right. All that and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues all across the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Streaming video live from the studios of Marshall University, visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday night in West Virginia scoreboard. You can watch our high-definition video stream by going to basketballnight.com. just takes one click to watch. You can also listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab and go to our affiliates page. We're on radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, The Cutting Edge, WMUL in Huntington, 101.1 FM, WVWPLP Wayne, 1370 AM, 97.7 FM, WVLY Moundsville. 
1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX Wheeling, 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC, Matewan, Williamson Belfry, 740 AM, 106.5 FM, WRNR Martinsburg, 102.3 FM, WMTD Hinton, 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn, 105.5 FM, WKQV Cowan, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 92.5 FM, WZAC, Madison, Danville, Charleston, and 104.1 FM, WVXS, in Romney. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family, and we'll tell you about more of the stations at the top of the hour. Give us a call. We want to hear from you, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Uh-oh. Now you know why Coach Marone's been ejected. If you're watching on the video feed, we have our resident referee, Bo Anderson, who is in studio tonight. So I can't put him on hold, but we can just talk between us for a while, Joe. There you go. We can do that. Two and ejected, Marone. Two and ejected. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, we'll, we'll talk with Bo a whole lot through the remainder of the program. and he, we still got to answer that quiz question from him from last week. We'll talk with Ken Smith, who's the head coach of the Mingo Central Girls. That may or may not be either at the bottom of this hour or at the very top of the next hour. It's going to be kind of close here. So, uh, Coach Smith, just hang with us uh, either way. But right now, it's time to meet our standout athlete of the week. He is a junior forward for the undefeated Williamstown Yellow Jackets boys basketball team. They're a top-ranked team in class single A, one of three unbeatens left in single A and one of four unbeatens left in all of West Virginia. And he is a big part of why that team is unbeaten. His name is Sam Crimmins. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. First off, Sam, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. Hey, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Uh, tell me a little bit about this ball club. A perfect start to the season and, and winning games convincingly. Uh, did you think coming into the season that you know this type of uh, this level of play was reachable on a night in night out basis? I mean, yeah, I guess I think we really we knew our potential, and I think finally we're starting to really see that um, flourish. I guess and. Um, yeah, I think lately we've been doing a real good job, but we're just trying to stay focused on each game, play it one game at a time, and just be prepared to face each opponent one-on-one. Every good team has multiple threats to score. Tell me a little bit about being on a ball club that doesn't have to rely on one person to carry them along and shoulder the load. you really got a, a very nice blend of, uh, of basketball players. Yeah, definitely. It's real nice. We have we have so many guys that can score it. Like uh, Xavier Crothers, he's a great shooter. He can really drive it too. Garrett Hill, he can shoot the ball, and he's really real good distributor. He had like I think he had a double double last night, and um, and we we have like six or seven guys that can real that can really score. That's that's a great that's a great thing to have for a team. You, talking about scoring, you know, just I did the math real quick on my head. You guys are 
averaging about 70-plus games or 70-plus points a game. That's just unreal. In the last two games, you had over 100. Right. Yeah, I think, well, I think a big part of it is Coach Sorrow, he really likes to, like, jump and run. He really likes to run the fast break, and I think that really suits well for our team. He got us real good in shape, and since, since we have somewhat of a deep bench, I think we're able to just get guys in and out. You, it, it works really well for us. You were nominated for this award by a former winner of the award, Douglas Workman. He is your cousin. He went to Point Pleasant. Uh, any kind of uh, family rivalry there? Oh, not too much. We're, we're real good buddies. And um, he's definitely taught me a lot throughout his play. And after, after he's graduated playing on, playing on different teams in college, and I think that He's definitely helped me a lot in my game, and I, I really appreciate that from him. Part of our standout athlete of the week, uh, you know, part of the reason why you were selected, you're, you're some of the things that you do off the court uh, in the community and, and things of that nature. Tell me about being able to balance the time constraints of being, you know, a high school athlete that is on a number one ranked team, which, which has inherently some pressure that comes along with that, and, and being able to get it done in the classroom as well. Well, I think I think being in being in the classroom, being in school, really just helps kind of take your mind off of, hey, we're the number one team in the state. This is crazy, like all the buzz and all, all the pressure. I think it really helps take it off, and um, and obviously staying focused in school is good by itself. But I think that definitely that definitely helps. You know, a lot's going on in you guys' school. You know, uh, we talked last week uh, to your coach and actually uh, Fred Saris getting, you know, to go to that Coach at Girls McDonald All-American Classic. There are just a lot of things going on, on and off the basketball court. Yeah, that's great. I've been really blessed to have this opportunity to be able to come to the school and meet all these awesome people. And I'm, I'm just really appreciative of that. And that's awesome that Coach Saro got to be the head coach for that game. Just absolutely uh, good stuff there. And uh, Williamstown, again, perfect on the season. And a game coming up Tuesday at Ravenswood, then next Friday, a trip to Naugatuck to take on Tug Valley. Sam Crimmins, junior for the Williamstown boys basketball team, our standout athlete of the week. Once again, congratulations, and thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you all. All right. And you have a good night. Thanks, you too. And, again, Sam Crimmins, uh, certainly appreciate that. We'll, we'll talk with Kim Smith at the top of the uh, 11 o'clock hour. So we'll talk with her here in just a few minutes. we got a heartbreak coming up. And uh, wouldn't be able to really get into too much depth with her other than to say hi. And, then that'd and she's a first-year coach, and I'm sure she has a lot to talk about. Yeah. Uh, hey, the girl knocked down 13 threes in a yeah. game. So there's a lot to talk about there. But, you know, again, Joe, we continue to be impressed by our standout athletes of the week and the way they balance things, but the way they are successful. And even though he said there's no rivalry there within the family, I'm sure there's not. There's still there's just still a little competitiveness. I guarantee you. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that helps. You know, when you get together at family outings and stuff, I guarantee you they're out on the, uh, on the local court battling against each other. So. We call it the fastest three hours in radio for a reason. We are already two hours two in the books. In fact, we've already gone past the halfway point of our entire season. 10.30 was the exact wow. halfway point <laughs> for, for this uh, the 2019-2020 season. We've still got an hour to go. We'll get you a scoreboard update. We'll talk with Kim Smith, head coach of the Mingo Central Girls basketball team. All of that and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues after this. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Many places that you can listen and watch Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Of course, we're on uh, many radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click on our affiliates page for the station nearest you. You can also watch our high-definition video on YouTube. Go to BasketballNight.com. Just click to watch. We're on Facebook Live. Go to Basketball Friday Night uh, Facebook page. It's Facebook.com forward slash Hoops Roundup. Facebook.com forward slash Hoops Roundup. And on Periscope, of course, Twitter.com forward slash Hoops underscore Roundup. Twitter.com forward slash Hoops underscore Roundup. And radio stations we're on. Includes 92.3 FM, WYRC and Spencer, 103.7 FM, WQWE and Fisher, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood Ripley, 106.7 FM, WHFI Linside, 93.9 FM, WRRR, St. Mary's, 104.5 FM, WASPLV Huntington, 1290 AM, 101.9 FM. WVOW in Logan, 101.7 FM, WYAPLV Clay, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZ, Edmund, Beckley, 90.7 FM, WFGH, Ford Gay, and 9.50 AM, WBES in Charleston. Just some of our radio stations throughout the Mountain State carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We're not on your favorite station. Give them a call. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia is free. Please join Marshall University's Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum's celebration at the 2020 Black History Month and other important events throughout the year. On February 6th, the chair of the Department of History at Harvard University, Dr. Evelyn Brooks Higginbotham, delivers the annual Dr. Carter G. Woodson lecture at 4 p.m. in the Shawkey Dining Room in the Memorial Student Center at Marshall. The lecture is co-sponsored with the Drinko Academy. On February 13th, the United States Surgeon General, Vice Admiral Dr. Jerome M. Adams, will discuss his personal in the life and the role as the nation's doctor at 4 p.m. in the Jones C. Edwards Performing Arts Center. The Woodson Lyceum also supports programs specifically for teachers and students. Teachers should apply for the Lyceum Summer History Institute by March 13th. The History Institute is partly funded by a major grant from the West Virginia Humanities Council. Students should apply for positions in the W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications High School Journalism Workshop by May 30th. Applications for teachers and students are available at the Woodson Lyceum's website, marshall.edu slash woodsonlyceum. The Woodson Lyceum is a resource for this region on Black History Month and serves as a forum supporting quality education and freedom of the press. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. 
third and final hour of episode eight of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, season seven, on this January 31st, 2020. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville and our resident referee, Bo Anderson, is in studio. We'll talk with him in a moment, um, but just hanging out with us and uh, certainly look forward to our resident referee segment, which will be a little bit extended tonight. If you take the time to come in, we'll let you be on the air a little longer. I mean, you know, <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. To make up for all <laughs> the time we yeah. you know, had you on hold. You know. Yeah, and we're, I think we're, we're paced along pretty good so far here tonight. And we'll do a scoreboard update for you in a moment. But before that, I, I do want to talk with Mingo Central girls basketball coach Kim Smith. So kind of hang in there with us. And she joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Coach Smith, first off, thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. And there's a little bit of a rough night, uh, a loss to a very good Lincoln County team tonight, 60-52. to 52. Uh, A game that, you know, uh, going into a kind of a toss-up game, but that doesn't take away from where your girls are this season. Right now, 10-6 and six on the season, and uh, really a nice bounce back after uh, some rough times a year ago. Very true, very true. Actually, we're 11-6, we're and, um, um, so, yeah, tonight was definitely a tough loss. We've... Um, I actually had a couple of kids with uh, some sickness, and uh, including myself, in the mix of that the past week. So, um, but we had a great week um, this past week, um, and we were just hoping to capitalize on that. But I feel like we can we can bounce back with getting ourselves a little healthy and um, just moving forward. We know it's an important time of the season, and um, we're ready for the task. Coach, uh, hope you and your team are, are feeling better. I reached out to her last Friday, and she was actually, I think, on her way to Med Express. So we we told her we'd get her on later. But but anyway, uh, you know, you guys have had you know pretty good season to this point. Talk a little bit about your team. Well, um, you know, I am the first year coach there, so um, some of the kids I, I've known, and some of them, um, you know, I did not, but. Uh, we have uh, our teams led by uh, three seniors, uh, Zaya Rhodes and um, Zoe Evans and Malia Martin. We have, uh, of course, our stellar uh, three-point shooter, Scarlett, Scarlett Thomason. Um, she's the kid uh, who hit the three, uh, the 13 threes last weekend. Uh, then we have our junior point guard, Jenna Wagner. Uh, we have a great uh, group of kids who have great talents, and, and we're still at times, I feel like, just trying to uh, – gel that all those talents together and finding out who we are as a team uh you know and just trying to put those four quarters together of course uh, zaya broke the two, uh, the thousand point mark there in her career uh over in madison uh, about 10 days ago and then uh right. you got a big game tomorrow night tug valley that's always <laughs> a big rivalry game between mingo yep. central and uh, and the panthers Yes, yes. We we've uh, we've kind of had a tough schedule. I feel like uh, where there's really no there's no days off, and but that's uh, that's okay. Um, we definitely uh, we battled, had a good battle at Tug, um, came out with a three point win down there. So tomorrow uh, will definitely be another battle here. Um, I, I understand that they haven't played in the, in a few years, so we wanted to try to get that. Um, you know, get that rivalry back and, and play them. There's no reason for us not to play. Uh, they have a great um, group of kids there and great coach. So we want to definitely um, you know, have that game here for our communities to enjoy. And, and Coach, I don't want to get too, too far. Maybe it's a basketball Friday night in West Virginia jinx now because you, you guys have been playing really good uh, before uh, falling tonight. Let's talk about that. Whatever Herbert Hoover, uh, 68-46 on the road. 
And that's a ball club that has been sneaky good this year, and you guys hammered them at home. Yeah, very, very true. Uh, we we did. I felt like that game we put uh, at least three quarters together. <laughs> so I was proud of our kids. Uh, uh, you know, we, we were able to do things, uh, had a good game plan coming in to, to Hoover. I felt like that our kids were able to uh, really um, – do do well with that scouting report and do everything that we asked them to do and and sort of finish that game and we just have some issues with just finishing games sometimes but we definitely um it was definitely a great win for us and hoover is definitely one of those teams that's just kind of kind of a sneaky team and they have some great players who um who make some things happen you know we've been talking a lot about on the boys side of that region four i'll tell you what it's just as tough on the girls side Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Every every team, I think any team can win at any given night, and uh, especially you know for some of, some of us when you're we did not have a great shooting night tonight. Um, <laughs> our free throws were atrocious. So um, anyway, but yeah, I mean we Chapmanville, Logan, you know that just in our section. Of course, Lincoln's in our section. So uh, and then the region, uh, you know, Winfield's a great team, and Wayne and you know Nitro that much. You know, very good competition, very good programs all the way around, and so it should be interesting um, here in a couple weeks. We'll see how it all plays out, but we're going to do our very best to get our team ready, and hopefully we get rid of this uh, sickness that we've had going around, and uh, we can make things right. Had a win over man last Saturday. That's the one I want to talk about a little bit here because Scarlett Thomason hit 13 threes for your ball club in that game. Uh, tell me you know, when it became apparent that it was her night to to knock down shots, and you know, at what point do you just start feeding her the ball? <laughs> well, you know, Scarlett's a you know she's a great shooter, and she actually that Monday she had had um, six threes in the first quarter there at, at Scott, and had one in the second, and she didn't play the remainder of the game. And of course, Cy Rhodes had her you know scored her thousandth point that game, and that was kind of a, maybe the. I don't know, kind of what we were looking at or our focus was maybe that game. Um, so really, Scarlett, her percentage was, well, it was about the same, that Scott game. But she she told me that week that her personal best was eight and so uh, or seven. So she, she really t- wanted to try to achieve, you know, something above above seven. So um, her teammates did, did a great job at, uh, for the man game. We have our back gym. She really, she warmed up prior to the game and kind of got in her groove and, she hit those first couple shots, and uh, our point guard, uh, of course, had 11 assists, 11 assists getting her the ball. Um, and she she just kept knocking him down, and we kept giving, giving her the ball. And she, when she's on, she's, you know, she's deadly. She really is. She's a great shooter, and she loves the game. She's very passionate about the game, uh, which I love. I love that she loves the game, and she puts time and energy and effort into it. So, yeah, she was definitely unstoppable, and it was a great moment because she's a super quiet kid, and she, uh, she doesn't show a lot of emotion, but she was pretty emotional that night, and uh, she had 12 at the end of the third quarter, and uh, she wanted to – the game was out of reach, and uh, she said, just, Coach, let me get one more. You know, she wears – her, her jersey number is 13, so she just wanted to get one more three uh, to equal her jersey number. So I, I told her, I'll put you in just for a moment in that fourth quarter, and you better get it quick. <laughs> Don't get hurt. Get it, get it quick. So she got it within like 30 seconds, and I called a timeout and, and got her out. So she was she was excited. It was a, a good moment for her, for sure. And before I let you go, now I, I, I got the 13 threes point. I did not get her final t- point total. 
Forty-two. Forty-two. Wow. What a what a she performance! She had uh, yeah, three three uh, free throws. So uh, she she had forty-two for the game. Yes. Thirteen on made threes too, <laughs> or, or thirty-nine on made threes. Good night. Yeah. Anyway, she was yeah, she was thirteen for twenty-six from the three-point line. That's that that's that's the most impressive part. Fifty percent from three-point range and to yes. do it over that extended period of time. Absolutely, that's incredible. And, and Coach Smith again, you've got. Rivalry game with Tug Valley tomorrow, and I will see you and your ball team on Thursday night at Wayne. Yes. Okay. Sounds great. All right. That's Thanks, Coach Ken Smith. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. All right. Ken Smith, head coach of the Mingo Central girls basketball team. And again, mercy. That's, that's, that, that, that's unreal. The, yeah, 13 mean, of 26. Yeah. I mean, that's. For the for the older Marshall fans out there, that's a Keith Beanie type of uh, performance. <laughs> Had a 15 three pointer game against Morehead State, scored 51. That was 25 years ago. As the old, as the song 24. says, when you're hot, you're hot. <laughs> yeah, and, and she was obviously knocking them down. So looking forward to see her play uh, on Thursday night. Let's go right back to the phones to our good buddy Bill Lusk. He is an assistant coach for the Man Hillbillies. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night. In West Virginia, Coach, welcome back. Good to be back. Uh, always good to talk uh, man high school uh, sports with you. And during the basketball season, uh, we're obviously talking hoops. And uh, tell me a little bit about the week it was for the Hillbillies. Well, uh, tonight we picked up our third win of the uh, of the week with uh, eighty sixty seven victory over Riverview. The game that was originally scheduled back uh, January 15th, I think it was, but a little bit of snow in the area uh, forced cancellation, and we uh, rescheduled it for tonight. And, uh, you know, everybody talking about, you know, uh, Kobe Bryant and everything. And Austin Ball tonight had his Kobe game, 24 points, 8 assists to go along with 7 <laughs> rebounds. And, you know, we – Never, we, it didn't dawn on us in the locker room until you know when I was reading the stats to him. He said, "Oh, it's a Kobe game, so it's uh, it's kind of a you know cool thing, and it's just uh, you know just sit here watching the Lakers game right now, and uh, you know my girlfriend over here Tanisha is watching the uh, the uh, tributes on the iPad and stuff. Just uh, an emotional thing, and it's you know amazing how many lives that you know." were lost and the the effect and the uh, impact that he had on not just uh, high school kids or pros but uh, the youth athletes as well so big big win tonight for us and then last night we beat van and tuesday night we beat uh, mountain view so we'll go to 12 and 2 on the year bill uh, you guys uh, got a couple games uh, next week uh, actually, I think you may have three games next week. You do uh, Riverview, yes, that's correct. Sherman, and I guess I'll see you next Saturday night. That'll be a big one. Uh, the Miners come to uh, the Main Memorial Fieldhouse. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got Mingo Central coming to town next Saturday, and before then, as you mentioned, we have a uh, Riverview on Tuesday. Uh, original originally scheduled games this season, and go to go to Sherman on uh, Thursday before we get Mingo Central. Uh, the boys are kind of, you know, they're eager at that one. We uh, obviously, you know, hats off to them. They played a they played a phenomenal game, had a great game plan up there. We didn't shoot as well as we would have liked and dug ourselves a little bit of a hole in the first half, but we fought up there in the second half and had opportunities to get closer, but just couldn't make the plays, and, you know, we hope next week um, 
we hope it's uh, we hope it's a different story, but uh, we're not we're not overlooking Riverview on Tuesday for sure. I mean, we found out tonight they've got they've got some shooters on that team, and we had a 19 point halftime lead, and they closed it to within six in the fourth quarter. But uh, down the stretch, we made the plays that we had to to pull away for the win. And like I said, we get to 12 and two, and uh, see what. See what happens Monday when the rankings come out. See if maybe we can't climb back in the top ten. There you go, Bill Lusk, assistant coach for the Van Hillbillies. Thanks so much for calling us, Bill. Uh, no problem, and look forward to uh, speaking with y'all next week. Absolutely, that's Bill Lusk, assistant coach for the Van Hillbillies. We have to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we will let our resident referee Bo Anderson speak. We'll turn his mic on. We'll, we'll let it all work. Yeah, well, yeah. He's not being held against his will, we promise. All that and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scorers online, all of them in West Virginia, visit BasketballNight.com. And Bo is in the house. Careers in sports journalism are growing with the expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and ever-popular local coverage. Get in the game. Your passion, curiosity, charisma, and a Marshall University sports journalism degree will equip you with a combination for success. You'll be the eyes, ears, and life of the game when you learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd on our Huntington campus. Go behind player stats and game scores. Learn to report compelling stories. Become proficient in breaking news across multiple media platforms. Find out how sports and media impact our society. Marshall University's WPH Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Thanks for joining us tonight. Make sure you join us online. Vote in this week's poll, this week's question. Now that you've seen the proposed four-class sectional and regional alignments, has your opinion changed? on the four-class system. Give us a yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com and you'll see the hole on the right-hand side of the page. You got to 11.45 tonight to vote. And, of course, we'll share the results with you tonight. Shout-out to some of our latest Twitter followers, including Brenda Lovejoy, Carl Watkins, Kylie Marone, Beth and Jeremy, Mr. Shaver, Parker Rolf, Purdue, and Cameron Shrewberry. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11-17, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Bo Anderson, our resident referee, and Joe Linville as we let Coach Rick Marone take an early exit. Get ready to head toward Calgary. He had to go home and take a nap. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's got a, he's got a trip ahead of him tomorrow, and that should be a lot of fun getting to go to a new place as well. And we'll talk with Bo on, on, in all things resident referee 
Uh, issues. Issues, yes. <laughs> and we'll talk about much more about I'm sure that. he's got plenty to talk about. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just talking to a friend of mine today, and we were talking about how people act at ball games. And I said, you know, I don't know that I've ever said anything to an official. And then I was like, that's wrong. <laughs> but, uh, but it was. I, I do know, every week. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, as long as it, you stay within a, a boundary and oh, you yeah. don't make it personal, and, you know, you just, and you let whatever, when it's done, it's done. Boom. And, you know, everybody can kind of keep moving right along and stuff. I don't bother them too bad. But uh, but don't bother them just to bother them. That's no good. That's no good for anybody. But right now, uh, we usually do our power ratings right about now. But uh, our, you know, Marcus Costantino, who helps out so much with the program, uh, his, you know, real-life duties uh, have him at the Capitol. Uh, not the one in Charleston, the one in Washington. The big so, one. Yes, the, the big, big one. Camp. It doesn't have a gold dome, though. Um, right now, West Virginia doesn't either. But um, nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> it's a big tarp. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so he's not here to do the power ratings. Those will be posted probably. maybe tonight. At worst, probably tomorrow. tomorrow. Things will slow down a little bit. When I say slow down for Marcus, that doesn't mean a whole lot because it's still busy for the rest of the world. But uh, they'll be posted on basketballnight.com. Uh, in the coming uh, day, you know, day or so, if that long, you again, I wouldn't be surprised if it's up there tonight. And the way Marcus works, it might already be there for all I know. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe give me one second to look and see if they're there yet or not before we get a, a He's scoreboard. He's usually update. Johnny on the spot. He, he is. All right. So uh, they they are not posted just yet, but we they will be very soon. But right still now, got, still got a few scores coming in. So. Yeah, yeah, we got scores, and we know you're looking for scores, so. Let's get another check of the basketballnight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Joe, give us the boys' scores. It was Tug Valley, the Panthers, over Parkersburg Catholic tonight by a score of 41-35. University rolls on 11-3 on the season with a big win tonight over Greenbrier East, 88 40 it was Blacksburg, Virginia, knocking off James Monroe, 66-57. Princeton, the Tigers, knocked off Pikeview tonight, 55-40. It was uh, Southern Garrett, Maryland, over Tucker County, 61-29. Cameron, the Dragons, over Billsville, Ohio, 79-58. Pendleton County, 13-0 on the season with the win tonight over Moorefield, 56-46. Polka dots in a tight one with Charleston Catholic, 49-42. Some sickness going on with both of those schools this week. George Washington, the Patriots, knock off Cabell Midland as Cabell Midland uh, falls 63-54. It was the Shady Spring Tigers. They remain undefeated at 14-0 with the win tonight over Pikeview, 85-44. South Charleston, the Black Eagles squeaked by a hurricane by a score of 44-43. Chapmanville, the Tigers rolled on with a big win tonight over, over Wayne, 81-39. Oak Glen is a winner tonight over Wellsville, Ohio, 65-44. Brooke Bruins over Indian Creek, Ohio, 50-41. Woodrow Wilson, the Flying Eagles, pick up on a win tonight. They are now 8-5 on the season as they knock off Hampshire 78-48. It was Bluefield picking up a win. They're 12-3 on the season with a win over Mountview, 81-62. Eastern from Reedsville, Ohio, knocks off Wahama tonight, 
28. Bridgeport, the Indians roll on. They're now 10-3 with a win over Elkins tonight, 54-34. And a one-point win. It was East Fairmont over Lewis County, 57-56. Preston, the Knights over Liberty Harrison, 76-52. Westside, the Renegades pick up another win tonight. They are now 8-7 as they pick up the win over Liberty Raleigh, 64-53. Ripley, the Vikings roll on with a win tonight over Lincoln County, 51-28. Wesley Christian took the Logan Wildcats to overtime. They pick up the win, 64-61. David Early, 33 points to lead Logan. Toronto, Ohio over Madonna, 61-49. And another close one that went down to the buzzer as well. Mingo Central picks up a win Over Nitro, 65-63. Grafton falls to North Mary tonight, 73-53. Philip Barber, winners tonight over Buckhannon Upshur by three, 77-74. Point Pleasant, winners tonight over Ravenswood, 69-62. Clay County picks up a win tonight over Roan County, 64-61. Robert C. Bird, the Eagles over Lincoln Cougars, 47-18. 47-18. It was St. Albans' big winners tonight over Spring Valley, 79-52. Greenbrier West, the Cavaliers go to 11-0 on the season with the win over Tyler Consolidated, 71-68. Gilmer County falls to Webster County, 68-65. Washington, the Patriots over Spring Mills, 51-46. Martinsburg, Rolls on. They're now 10 and 2 on the season with the win over Broadfording Christian Academy, 82-53. Clay Battelle, the CB's winners tonight. They're 13 and 1 uh, with the win over Buffalo, 73-62. Jefferson, the Cougars fall to Hedgesville, 64-49. And Huntington High, the Highlanders, winners tonight over Capital of Charleston, 74-69. Girls games tonight throughout the great state of West Virginia. It was Montcalm defeating Paw Paw tonight, 53-20. Well, those two schools don't run across each other very often, do they? Doddridge County defeats Work County, 80-49. It was Nicholas County, a 38-36 winner over Roan County. Jefferson in the third quarter with a 40-21 lead over Hedgesville. Hopefully we can get that score updated and get a final for you before we are done for the night. Rose Hill Christian of Kentucky defeats Hannon 58-39. Also in girls high school basketball, the Lumberjills of Valley Wetzel defeat 155-47. will soon just be Valley because that will be the only Valley because there's no more Valley Fayette. Nope. Also tonight, Notre Dame defeats Williamstown. That's a stunner. 84-57 the final in that girls game. That, that's, a, that's a very stunning uh, outcome tonight. Also, Webster County's girls defeat Clay County, 55-41. Senior night for Frankfurt in Short Gap, Fort Ashby. All the little places around Frankfurt, which is up on a mountain and absolutely none of them. But uh, Frankfurt gets the win tonight over Fort Hill, Maryland, 79-29. Greenbrier West gets the win over Midland Trail, 51-49, the final in that one. It was Lincoln County, a 60-52 winner at Mingo Central. The Parkersburg South Patriots defeat John Marshall tonight, 68-47.
Wheeling Park, 57. Musselman, 44. It was Spring Mills, 48. Washington, 36. And in the Big Atlantic Classic, it was Spring Valley defeating Pikeview, 72 to 65. That's a check from your basketball night.com scoreboard. So we are uh, not too far away from the end of the show. We're still about 30 minutes to go, and we've got our resident referee, Bo Anderson, with us. And we will actually do the segment with Bo Anderson now, as Bo so kind of joined us in studio and to join us on set. There we go. You know, I heard that whistle and that music, and a door opened right after it, and in came Bo. And it was just like, wow. <laughs> Takes it with him wherever he goes. But Bo Anderson with us here tonight. First, Bo, thanks for coming in the studio. Good to have you as always. Here. Uh, oh, yeah. I got back from my game in time to make it here for a little bit. Thought I'd stop by and say hey and uh, get on and talk a little bit. Yeah, so uh, take us back through, before we, we move too far along, the, the little quiz you gave us last week. Okay. Yeah, the, the quiz that I gave you was uh, the jump ball uh, on the jump, uh, A1. Uh, taps the ball, it hits the official's shoulder in the head, and A1 catches the ball, uh, what do we have handle the situation? If I'm not mistaken, I believe that is a violation, and B gets the ball, and A gets the arrow. Before before he answers, I'm going to go just the opposite. The official is part of the playing court. Well... Ryan, you flunked again. Sweet. <laughs> Joe got it right in the sense that the jump ball ends when it touches a non-jumper, the floor, an official, or the backboard. Uh, so, therefore, uh, A1 can touch the ball, uh, can actually touch it again because the jumpers can legally touch it twice maybe touch it once, touch it again out of the circle, let it hit the floor and go shoot a layup without anybody else getting it. Uh, So, you know, that's the way uh, you know where the jump ball ends. Ryan Taylor did that in a men's basketball game for Marshall. He he tapped, he was the jump ball, he tapped it over the defender, ran by him, and got it off the bounce and went and scored with it yep. to start overtime. Perfectly legal play. Currently the boys' basketball coach at St. Joe, tying it all together. Um, <laughs> so, okay, well, that was, you know, I almost went with that official part of the floor, et cetera, et cetera. That was my initial uh, statement last week, my initial thought. Yeah, and I – and he gets it, he's in my head. It gives me all week to think about He's this. messing with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yep. Going to have to update the old fan manual on that one. There you go. <laughs> um, but so anything that you've come across in the past, uh, you know, specifically you'd like to talk about here tonight? Nah, I mean, as far as plays go, there's not been anything uh, real rare. Um, you know, I, I, the games I've had have been smooth, thank goodness. Uh, but, um, you know, um, I, you know, once in a while, um, obviously I've seen – the ball hit the top of the backboard on a missed shot a couple times, and, of course, everybody thinks that's out of bounds, and it's not out of bounds when it hits the top of the backboard or the sides of the backboard or the bottom of the backboard. Uh, it's only out of bounds if it hits a brace or if it hits anything behind the backboard or the back of the backboard. Uh, so that's one that, that I see a little bit. Another one that um, I had a couple of times and the players – Still don't understand, and in this one case, uh, the coach didn't either until I explained to him. Uh, a player who 
is receiving a pass and intentionally bats the ball to the ground. It hits the ground and they pick it up. They cannot start dribbling again. The bat to the ground intentionally is the start of the dribble, and therefore when they pick it up and they start dribbling again, that's double dribble. That's illegal. And a lot of players look around at you like, well, well, you know, that's why you catch the ball. Now, fumbling is different. If they muff the pass and it goes to the floor and they pick it up, they can start a dribble. But intentionally striking the ball to the ground on trying to receive a pass, that starts a dribble. So, therefore, when they picked it up, it ended their dribble, and therefore they can't dribble again. Uh, you know, it's a lot of small things that, you know, and, and, I, and I do some of these rules over because we get a lot of new people that listen in, and we got not a lot of new players and new coaches. Uh, so some of it I, I like to repeat because they don't understand, uh, you know, the rules and the concept of the game. Um, you know, those are a couple that, that I, uh, I want to mention on the basic side of the rules. Um, you know, there's many out there and, you know, cover more throughout the year, but those are a couple of the basic ones that I've seen in the last week or two that people don't understand. One of my favorite rules is the taking the charge into the back of a player, which I think I actually saw once. I think I saw it in the college game. Hmm. Um, and, and what happened was the, the poor kid in the lane on defense was kind of pinned around and got turned. He just put his hands up and somebody put a knee in his back going to the basket and there was a charge call. Mm-hmm. Once you, once you, you know, once you have, uh, you know, you're entitled that each player is entitled that spot on the court as long as they get there first. And therefore, if that player was there, and if he's there or she, whoever it may be, and they're going to take a hard hit, they're allowed to turn or duck to absorb the imminent contact from from a player, you know, uh, who's going to run over the top of them. And that's more safety protection. And then there's cases where that player can actually wrap up that player to kind of hold them so they don't hit the ground very hard. Uh, that That's still, you know, the the offensive foul still happens because the hit's on the torso. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's some things that you have to know. When you're refereeing the game, and if you start being a fan and want to try to referee the game too – couple things that you can do. We hear a lot of traveling. Well, you know, when I teach the officiating class, I teach it that you look at the feet first when someone's catching a pass. And so if you know what the pivot foot is, you'll know. And the second thing you do, if you want to know if the block charge call was correct, we referee the defense. We don't referee the offense. The offense is going to double dribble if they take the ball and put two hands down twice, or they're going to travel. You know, we're going to catch that with just a quick glimpse. But knowing if that player is there before the player leaves the floor or knowing if they've got a legal guarding position. So most of the time in officiating, you spend it, you referee the defense, and then the offense usually commits pretty much an obvious violation. You know, I was PA in a game earlier in the week. It was a girls' game, and uh, – the defender, the, the official was actually, you know, they, it was a rebound and they were going down the floor pretty quick. So the, the official was behind the offensive player dribbling the ball down the floor. And the defender, and it was definitely not intention, but popped the girl in the face, you know, while they were moving their hands around. And I just, as a fan, you know, and I, I didn't yell, and I just said, that was a foul. And the official thought I was dogging him when in all essence I was really taken up for him because the, the scorekeeper looked at me and she said, 
I can't believe that he didn't call that. And I, and I, and I explained to her, I said, hey, the official was behind the, the player and probably didn't even see it. And I, and I went to him after the game. I said, hey, you know, I was not dogging your call. I was trying to back you up. And he kind of, you know, back, you know, changed his tune a little bit because he actually yelled at me when he went back down the floor, you know. Yeah. And I, I, I said, what would you tell me? But but we got it worked out. So well, no big deal. Well, one thing is there are no magical spots on the court for an official. Uh, you've got to you got to move. Sometimes you can stay put and have a better angle. Sometimes you move. Sometimes you move and then players move in front of you. Uh, you know, there's no way you can legitimately. You've just got to do the best you can. Uh, you know, we try to teach our new guys how to move and how to get the best angles possible. Uh, and, you know, we've got a lot of stuff that, that we have to look at. There's a lot of counting going on, and that's another thing I'll stress because a lot of players and coaches don't understand. Six feet, closely guarded, five-second counts in the front court. If you want to know what six feet is, it's from the foul line to the head of the key. That's six feet. It's a lot farther away than you think it is, and people don't understand why officials are counting. And in some cases, we got some guys that don't count. They make them get up on them like they're, you know, they can smell each other's breath. They don't have to be. Six feet closely guarded is a five second in the front court. And, uh, you know, that, that, that makes it very tough whenever people don't understand that rule as well. Now, and I apologize because we're going to have to go to break, so we'll have to do this really quickly. Is that six feet from foot to foot, or can the hand reach into the six foot? It's right. foot to foot, the okay. front forward foot to the front forward foot. And what I always use is if the player can reach and touch, they're within six feet. Um, so they're, you know, that that's something that people don't understand. They don't understand that six feet is the closely guarded distance. Um, and I know you need to go to break. So what yeah. I'm going to do, I've got a quiz. Uh-oh. I've got Uh-oh. another good one for you that I'll do later in the show. Uh, all right, we'll have to do that in just a moment. We got that Sante break. When we come back, we'll talk with Mike Goddard, WRLB, and then we're just a few minutes away from cause time as well. We're almost time. It's almost time to eat. <laughs> <laughs> this is basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Join us online. You've got about ten minutes left to vote in this week's poll. This week's question Now that you've seen the proposed four-class sectional and regional alignments, has your opinion changed on the four-class system? Give us a yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 1145 tonight to vote. It's at basketballnight.com. Big thank you to all of our uh, affiliate radio stations throughout the Mountain State carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia, including... 104.1 104.1 FM WVXS and Romney, 92.5 FM WZAC Madison, Danville, Charleston, 105.5 FM WKQV Cowan, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 102.3 FM WMTD Hinton, 7:40 AM 106.5 FM WRNR Martinsburg, 13:60 AM. FM, WHJC, Matewan, Williamson, Belfry, 
1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, 97.7 FM, WVLY Moundsville, and 101.1 FM, WV, WPLP in Wayne. We want to thank all those stations for carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and we want to thank you for being part of our Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with joe linville coach rick marone and ryan epling it's 11 30 on this basketball friday night in west virginia we still got a lot to do so let's go right back to the phone lines the undefeated cavaliers of greenbrier west boys basketball team uh, still rolling right along as they get a win tonight over tyler consolidated it was a tight win on the road 71-68 the final. Mike Goddard, WRLB in Lewisburg, joins us now. And, Mike, a close call for the Cavaliers, but still a win. A win's a win. And uh, when we started our postgame uh, interview with Coach Robertson, the first thing he said was, uh, you know, an ugly win's better than a pretty loss. So uh, we'll take it. And we're glad to come out of this little road trip we had Uh 2-0 tonight, stay undefeated. Uh, our weekend started last night at South Harrison in the second round of the West Virginia Hometown Invitational Tournament. We came away with a 70-55 win at Lost Creek. Um, Caden Pack had 28 points for Greenbrier West in that win. Had a full day at Fairmont State today. They um, put together a nice uh, a day for us there for the kids to do an academic visit and then uh, a tour of the athletic facility and we had a little shoot around there and they were able to watch Fairmont State practice before we headed up to Tyler Consolidated and uh, Coach Nutter up there does a really good job with his basketball team. They, they haven't got the results that they'd like to this season but uh, he had his kids ready tonight and uh, Mark Rucker was a first-team All-State running back this year for the Silver Knights. Uh, big, strong, athletic kid, and uh, he played. Uh, Coach Nutter played man-to-man defense all night, and he put Rucker on Caden uh, Pack. So the other kids for the Cavaliers had to pick up the scoring load, and uh, by the end of the night, uh, we had five players. Uh, in the scoring column, all five players ended up in double figures, but Pack just, well, he was held to two points in the first half, so our senior member, Chase Hagee, had to pick up the scoring slack for us. Did a really nice job for us, so we had a sophomore, Chase McClung, who had uh, 10 points in the first half also. I lost track during the radio broadcast of how many lead changes uh, there were in the game. But uh, we were down one right at the end of the third quarter, and uh, Pack hit a straightaway three off the glass over Rucker. And uh, I could see Rucker as he walked off the court. He was really frustrated. He was talking to himself right there. We thought at that point we might be able to uh, 
pull away from them a little bit, but they fought back all night. I'm telling you, Coach Nutter really had his kids ready. But uh, end of the ball game, uh, a missed free throw. Chase McClung saves it inbound to Hagee. Hagee was right underneath the basket, hit the layup, and that was a three-point difference in the ball game. A nice win tonight for Greenbrier West, able to stay undefeated with the victory in Sistersville over Tyler Consolidated. Uh, home game coming up Monday against Summers County. Tuesday, a trip to Linside and James Monroe. It's a three-hour, forty or three-hour twenty-plus minute drive home for the uh, Cavaliers <laughs> tonight. And Mike Goddard, WRLB. Can I mention? Go ahead. Can I mention something else? Sure. Our girls' team tonight defeated uh, Midland Trail fifty-one to forty-seven, and that's. That's our first win over Midland Trail in, in at least five years. Uh, Brooklyn Morgan had 19 points. Kinley Poston had 12 points and 14 rebounds. And Julie Agee had 17 points. And uh, I listened to your uh, to your guys last week, the call of the uh, Tulsa Greenbrier West game in the hit tournament. And they did a really nice job. Good deal. We'll definitely pass that along. Thanks so much. That's Mike Goddard, WRLB in Lewisburg. Mike, have a safe trip home. We're going to step aside and take our final break. When we come back, we'll get our poll question. It's cause time, and Bo will give us a quiz, and then we'll eat. This is Basketball <laughs> Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Big thank you to all of our radio affiliates broadcasting Basketball Friday Night throughout the Mountain State, including 92.3 FM, WYRC in Spencer, 103.7 FM, WQWV in Fisher, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, 106.7 FM, WHFI, Linside, 93.9 FM, WRRR, St. Mary's, 104.5 FM WASPLP Huntington, 1290 AM, 101.9 FM WVOW Logan, 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM WQAZ Edmund Beckley, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay, 950 AM WBES Charleston, and Marshall University's flagship station. FM, The Cutting Edge, WMUL in Huntington. Thanks for joining us, and we appreciate everybody that has followed us on Twitter tonight, including Kylie Marone, Carl Watkins, Brenda Lovejoy, Frank Washingites, Scooter Toledo, Chad Fleece, NGOC Belgard, Laura, Jennifer Lynn Hupp, Alice Akers, Can't Get Right, Nick Booth, Jeremy Neal, Sam Minardi, Running with the Herd, Herd Nation, Chad Williams, Zach Davis, Landon, Kyler Grimes, Brandon, Neil Legg, Emery White, Miss Cindy, Mark Gibbons, Carmen Watkins, and Grace, along with Corey, Sean Spolerike, Brad Kinder, CLD 1962. They're all part of the basketball Friday night in West Virginia family.
This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Only about 13 minutes to go on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside... Joe Linville and our resident referee, Bo Anderson, with us here this evening as well. For all scores, you go to basketballnight.com. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. Like us on Facebook, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Um, that it? I think that's all of them for now. But, uh, it, it, you know, Instagram, Twitter. Right, there, we're, we're everywhere. So just uh, anywhere you're on social media, you can find us. And uh, we always like to ask a poll question because we like to get your results and your thoughts and, and what you think about uh, questions that come up. This question will sound familiar because unfortunately it didn't make it from air to the website last week. So we want to give you an opportunity to weigh in on that. So we go back over to the score desk to our buddy Landon Mitchell. Thanks guys. Uh, so uh, to repeat that question from last week, that question is, now that you have seen the proposed four class sectional and regional alignments, has your opinion on the four Excuse me. Has your opinion changed on the four-class system? Go to basketballnight.com to cast your vote. Thank you very much, Landon. And we'll uh, turn here to Joe for a moment. Did those – we talked about that much more in depth last week. You can find those on basketballnight.com. Um, there were a couple things that kind of stuck out to me in terms of the way teams were aligned. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, that's – while there would only be minor changes, if any – um, you know, there is room to tweak those a little bit sometimes. Yeah, and still my biggest gripe is if you're a county seat, you're you're penalized. You get bumped up pretty much. I mean, it, it, I think it takes in 30%, but if you're on the borderline, it bumps you up into the next class. But overall, uh, you know, I, I like it. And then you've got some of the, the couple of the single-A powerhouse schools that are actually jumping two classes. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to just seeing it implemented and, and you know, Let's try it. Let's see try what it. happens. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll go to Rick Kozlowski for cost time in just a moment, but let's let Bo uh, wrap up this uh, resident referee segment on uh, – he's got to prepare us here. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, B1 scores a basket, and uh, A1 calls a timeout. Uh, after the timeout, all five of A team's players – are out of bounds, and they stand out of bounds along the end line. And when the official gives the ball to one of the uh, players, they start passing along the end line to themselves and run around, and then four of them run in, and they throw a pass up the court and go score a layup. Is the play legal or not? And I will not tell you until next Friday night. <laughs> wow. Talking about a tr- trick play, I don't know if I I've mean, ever – you don't that, see a whole lot of trick plays in basketball like you do football. That almost sounds like the, the flying V from the Mighty Ducks <laughs> hockey there. But, uh, yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to figure that one out. Yeah, really. My initial thought says – you know, I don't know that I've ever seen – you can obviously pass it once, minimum. I know that. I don't know that there's a limit. But there's always somebody going from out, inbounds to out-of-bounds to catch that first pass. Mm-hmm. Because they can still run the baseline because it was just after a made basket. Right. So, yeah. We'll, okay, we'll, we'll talk we'll, more we'll, about it next I, week. I, I, we'll gonna ponder t- on it's, it. It's going to take me a, a week to, to think about all that. <laughs> just think we don't have a week to make our decision on the court. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, before, before we go on, I do want to say one thing here real fast. 
And uh, this isn't official related or anything like that. But I did see a fantastic girls' basketball game earlier this week with a lot of uh, seeding implications for sectional tournament play. Uh, Wayne's girls picking up a win over Nitro, a game that had 18 lead changes and eight ties throughout that contest. Great game. Uh, Kirsten Stroud hits a running jumper from the foul line with about 13 seconds left. And then Bailey Goins, who was spectacular, and scored, um, scored, I think, 25 for uh, Nitro. She missed a three from the corner that was heavily contested that would have given them the lead. And uh, Wayne makes two free throws at the end to, to get a 63-59 win for the Lady Pioneers. And uh, that was just a great girls' high school basketball game. Those two teams have played the last three years at Pioneer Gym, and they've played um, in that span. They've played four times in three years, and three of those four games were just great games to watch. Very uh, high intensity, uh, and just a good game to watch in general. So I did get to see a good game there, and I always enjoyed watching those tight Cardinal Conference games. Like I said, you know, we've been talking about the boys. Uh, that girls, you know, Double A Region Four is it's going to be in. You know, it's going to go right down to the wire. And who's and, peaking at the right time? And, and it might. I mean, you know, Winfield has has state championship uh, caliber of, of a basketball team, girls basketball. So we'll see if uh, they can kind of break up the uh, they or you know one of the other teams right. can break up the uh, the basically stranglehold that um, the Big Ten Conference, in the Clarksburg be area, has interesting. Had. Yes, it will. We're going to go right now to the phone lines. We didn't have him last week because he was, he was celebrating his anniversary. Oh. I think he was in Charleston, South Carolina. He is back with us, though, for the Martinsburg Journal. Rick Kozlowski. It is cause time here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Rick, we missed you last week. Welcome back to the show. What a perfect song. You ain't seen nothing yet after Bo talks about a situation where five guys pass the ball behind the end line and then make a pass and bounce to get a layup. <laughs> <laughs> yep, haven't seen that one yeah, yet. I haven't seen it either. So. <laughs> hey, did you have a great trip? Uh, how are you guys doing? Let's, get, let's get that out of the way. Did you have a great trip? A wonderful trip. I've never been to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina before. My wife has. We had a wonderful time. And yes, we did uh, spend some time in Charleston, so yeah, uh, uh, that was correct. What somebody, I think Ryan said, uh, yeah, very lovely time, and you know, I guess I still love her. <laughs> you guess? Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's that, just okay. And after that, tri- after that trip, Rick decided to keep her around. Yeah, yeah. maybe hey, I think it goes the other way around. Right? She's, she's, she's not listening tonight, so I can say that, right? <laughs> You hope she's not listening tonight so you can say that. There you go. There you go, Rick. Bo recorded that for you earlier. Just as long as I wasn't singing it. If I'm singing it, it'd be the end of it. All right, so Rick, you had, like a, you had a couple of games tonight, right? Boys, girls, um, Washington and Spring Mills. Washington and Spring Mills, yeah. I... Uh, they were, hmm, I don't interesting to a degree. A couple of, couple of programs for both the boys and the girls that are kind of starting anew. Springville's boys has a new coach. 
And I guess it's not so much for the Spring Mills girls because they've experienced players, but tonight, like five of their normal starters weren't available, and I don't know, I'm not sure why. So they were kind of a, kind of starting over, and and at Washington, you have a new coach for both the boys and the girls, and so it's kind of like let's establish ourselves. These uh, Washington boys were pretty dominant for like three and a half quarters, and then they just sort of, I don't know, I, don't know, I guess, you know, sort of like fell apart, because I don't know if that's the right term, but they had played, they played their whole reserves in the fourth quarter, and Spring Mills got back to within, you know, had trailed by 23 and got back to within six points. And so that's at that point, Washington brings the starters back in who weren't in the lineup at all. And well, it was a it was a fun game. And the girls game was it was extremely close. Washington, like I said, trying to you know restore a program, develop a program. Trailed early, but then got ahead uh, by a point right before the half. And did have a lead in the third quarter, but then uh, three goals kind of wore them down. So it's uh, you know, a, a big game, obviously, for those teams as, as they jockey for position as we start to get down the stretch. And uh, we, we didn't have you with us last week, but you know, Martinsburg's girls beat North Mary. That's a big win for, for that ball club. Huge win. And oh my. <laughs> You know, when you talk about Martinsburg girls basketball, you really have to feel for Coach Kyle Triggs. Triggs uh, spent some time on the staff at uh, with the Los Angeles Lakers. So obviously, the Kobe Bryant helicopter crash, you know, kind of hit him pretty hard. Then a couple of days ago, a big supporter of the program, Mr. Doug Lamp passed away unexpectedly and it's like uh, you know he's just you know Triggs is just feeling horrible and, and his team was just just devastated this is a guy who, who was a big supporter of the program of and youth sports in general but you know particularly the girls basketball program and if we want to just you know like I said Kyle's probably having a you know have a heck of a week I don't want to you know, speak for his uh, mindset, but uh, it was uh, a year ago this weekend mm-hmm. when the bus crash happened, and uh, Doug Lamp, who was you know, he said uh, passed away this week, was driving the coaches and the managers behind the accident, and you know they all kind of watched the bus go over. Mm. That's just. Tough. Uh, yeah, and, and I still remember how how kind of raw those feelings were last year when the reports first started coming in, and you know, in this day and age, you see it on Twitter first, and then you're trying to figure out, well, you know, okay, so something happened. How serious is it? And I still remember getting messages from several people in the Eastern Panhandle who were seeing if I knew anything. And you know, I remember still messages. Make sure you knew about it as well. I knew you probably have it before I did anyway. But uh, still, just you know, that affected everybody in West Virginia in its own way too. And, and we're just so blessed that it was not 
um, worse than what it was because it could have been very, very, very bad. It was bad enough as it was. Yeah, it could have been very tragic. I didn't, I didn't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but it's just kind of... Yeah, that's uh, part of the your, part your, of segue, your, segue, your segue earlier talking about girls' basketball just kind of got me thinking a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then the question you ask about the Martinsburg girls. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, certainly when you think about, you know, you know athletics, there's more to it than just, you know, the score of the winner and the score of the loser. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's something that I think that over the to- over time, I've got to read your a lot of your work uh, over the past seven years and following high school basketball for this show and before that as well. And I think you do a good job of bringing some levity to the situation sometimes within your writing, and that's always uh, appreciated because, uh, you know, there's a seriousness to it because these kids and coaches, and they put in hard work for this, but at the same time, really, you're looking to get the bigger life lesson out of it than just the lesson on the floor. All right. Now, I don't mean to just finish <laughs> the, the wins and losses in that aspect of it. Right. Anyway, hey, guys. Have hey, a great weekend. How's that sound? That sounds hey, there great. We go. That's Rick, a great way to end it. You know, and, and again, now that we get to say it to you a week after the fact for the third consecutive week, we'll wish you a happy anniversary. I think we should probably just do that for every show. And it? many, and, many and, more. And, and many, yeah, happy, <laughs> happy anniversary. And that's going to do it for this edition. Hey, of, hey I, I, have hey, a, I have a... I have a big birthday coming up in March, too. Uh, I'm hey, hey. to give the number. We'll, we'll talk about that next week. We're gone. See ya. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.